Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. American Glutton Podcast has a Patreon. Do you hate commercials? Well, we've got a Patreon. Do you want bonus episodes? That's on the Patreon. Do you want to hang out and chat in our Discord channel? That's part of the Patreon, too. We even have an option where you can leave me voicemails. All on the Patreon. So check it out today. Patreon.com slash American Glutton. We have a Patreon. Hi. I'm Ethan Suplee. Welcome to American Glutton. Outside of acting, my two favorite things to do are diet and eat. I have a very complicated relationship with food, and on this podcast, we're going to talk about all of it. Food as entertainment. Food as sport. Food as fuel. I'll talk to experts and the average person, just like you and me. I hate to ask you to do anything, but if you're enjoying this show, please take a moment to like, subscribe, rate, review, all of the above on whatever app you're getting it from. American Glutton is brought to you by Trifecta. The biggest factor in weight loss for me has been knowing ahead of time what I'm going to eat and having it ready when I need it. Trifecta meal deliveries have made this completely effortless for me and have been a total game changer in both diet and maintenance. Go to www.trifectanutrition.com slash American Glutton to make your life and physical goals a whole lot easier. Today on the show, I welcome actor and comedian and uh, vocal voiceover guy extraordinaire T.J. Miller. T.J. and I met while doing a movie together called Unstoppable. Him and I were responsible for letting the train go free and uh, calamity ensues. He is a wonderful talent and I love watching him do stand-up. He also has hot sauce now. He does hot sauce, which is really, really good. I've been eating his hot sauce on everything because it's got no calories, guys. If you're interested in his hot sauce, check out his website, tjmillerdoesnothaveawebsite.com. I hope you enjoy this because I sure did. TJ Miller, welcome to the American Glutton Podcast. I'm so happy to be here. I'm a fan of the the show. I've listened to 
probably um I don't know, five episodes in the last 48 hours. <laughs> oh my God, just doing research? Yeah, I fell asleep listening to one of them, um, which is really interesting because then I would wake up and sort of, I drifted in and out. I was on a train. I took a sleeper car from New York City to West Palm Beach, Florida. Yeah. Which I'll tell people, like, why? I, I want to know why, too. I remember you telling me about this, it, and I just thought, I didn't know TJ was afraid of planes. That I, was my thought. Really? I am not afraid of planes. I enjoy planes, actually. But I said I spend 60% of my time on the road. I live in hotels more than half my life. And uh, I'm always in airports. And I want to talk about this, too, because in airports, there's really only three things to do. Okay. Buy stuff, yeah. which I kind of don't do that anymore. You know, you have a period where you buy books and you're sure. like, I'm going to read this book on the plane. And then you fucking fall asleep. Or you're, and you you're leave it caring. in the thing and you wasted 30 bucks on a book. And what's the point of it? So so I don't really buy things anymore. Occasionally I'll buy a sweatshirt or something if I forgot it. So that was a funny period where I like had things like a hoodie from Nebraska. <laughs> and like, you know, and like a sweatshirt from... Uh, uh, like Ohio or something like that. Right. And, um, and so I, you know, don't do that. And then, so buy stuff or eat yeah, or drink. Yeah. And that's it. That's all there is to do. And the food is all terrible for you. Right. I mean, there's just hundred percent. And even, food. even the, and overpriced even, yes, of course, even the stuff that is purported to be healthy is sort of not it's a, my favorite thing, and Kate and I always joke about this, because I showed her this for the first time. It's all wraps. It's a tuna wrap or a veggie wrap or a chicken salad wrap. And Kate, I said, I can't believe I hate wraps from the beginning. I've hated them. And she's like, yeah, I don't really like them either. And I said, let me show you something. And I unwrapped it. And it's just like a half of a handful of actual food and then a, a huge tortilla. Yeah. So you're just eating a full. Can you imagine if somebody was like, here's like a small can of tuna or half a can of tuna and some just like lettuce, not the good kind, you know, <laughs> right. just like Wilted, iceberg lettuce. Yeah. yeah. Oxidized. Here, this for you. And now I want you to eat a whole tortilla plain. Yeah. No one would do that. No, you would never do and that. And I don't, I don't drink a lot of orange juice because the sugar content is so high. I've been trying to drink a, a little bit more orange juice. But I always joke with people that eating, drinking like a full glass of orange juice or two orange juices, it's just like if you sat and you ate like nine oranges. Like no one would do that. You would never do that. Um, and by the way, there's no fiber. So it's just that, yeah. that hit of sugar right away. It's just, and it's not, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not a huge juice guy. I sometimes will do smoothies, but they're always uh, green smoothies because yeah. I love spinach in any form. And then, and then also you have the fiber. It's still in there. They chopped it up for you. Yeah, but there's right. Still fiber yeah, it's blended. But then there you go. And then the drinking, it's like you get into the airline clubs, and some of the clubs they actually do have. They have a whatever chickpea salad or you know a kale salad. So there are options. But the thing that's calling to you much more is Shake Shack. Yeah, you know. And I don't do. You love chicken. I don't do chicken. On the road or anything, I just, in my mind, I just feel like it has so many, and it's just such bad chicken. Right. And then bad little chickens. And and then there's the, um, and then there's just the alcohol. And in the, um, you know, you sit, if you're not in an airline club, then you try and go to the bar somewhere, and they're like, what do you have? 
like, I guess I'll have a beer. I mean, I'm here just to scotch and soda because I want less calories from the beer because the beer makes. And then it's all free at the um, at the the airline club. So then in your mind, you're kind of going, well, what am I not going to have a glass of champagne? I mean, I paid fucking $400 for the year. It's like, right. what? That doesn't have anything to do with anything. Yeah. But that's what Kate talks about. Because if you ate everything and drank everything people wanted to give you for free, you would die, TJ. You would die. Yeah. And I have a joke about um, free T-shirts and how guys just hoard those. And that one day she was like, you're just going to open up the closet and you're going to suffocate to death because the T-shirts are. And women are always going, you should get rid of that T-shirt. And you're like, but it's free. She's like, that's why you should get rid of it. And you're like, I can't waste a free T-shirt. No. Um, and there's so, a, you feel almost like it's rude to the person who gave you the T-shirt. Not, yeah. not just that it's a T-shirt that I will use at some point in my life, but then also that the person who gave it to me, what, where's their hard effort going? And this is for a different show called uh, American Hoarder. Right. I've uh, gone through the same thing with my wife recently. Yeah. And it's, you know, but what I did is I started just taking pictures of the T-shirt. Yeah. And then I can let the T-shirt go. But New York also tells, especially Manhattan teaches you to be a little bit more minimalist otherwise it's like overwhelming and then on the you know on the planes in first class they're gonna give you a free meal and the meal's not great but it's not awful and then the problem that i have and that's why i'm wearing this necklace a bread necklace by the, the way <laughs> for those who are just listening tj does have a bread necklace on yeah so i've got a bread necklace on right now and it's because we have an inside joke with my father-in-law and my wife, and he was bicycling, right? You're a cyclist guy. Do you still yeah, cycle? Not at all. Okay, good. I always, I always made fun of you behind your back for okay. cycling. Yeah. I would constantly say, oh, look, here's two wheels. Look at this fucking <laughs> right. old cycle dick, I used to call you, <laughs> in mixed company sometimes. <laughs> and, uh, and so I would, let's do it. And I would... Um, so he was, he's a big cyclist and he was cycling. And one time he passed, he was excellent cyclist, really hardcore, kind of like you, I think you would put in like multiple tens and tens and tens of miles. And so he was passing these two cyclists and they were talking and he only heard one snippet of the conversation, which is why I, this is one of the many reasons I love New York city. Maybe the top one is you hear these snippets of conversations that you just wouldn't hear in any other city. Yeah. It's like LA is devoid of that. And then once you do hear it, it's like the stupidest shit that you could ever hope to hear. He was cycling past them and he just heard one turn to the other and go, it's the bread, man. It's the bread. So we always say that because to a certain extent, it is the bread, man. Yeah. It's the bread. And so all of these are free rolls that they were trying to give me on the train. Uh. And what do you love more than a dinner roll with butter? It's so delicious, but you can't eat it. But you're on the plane and you just sit there unable to get up. And, oh, my God, when Delta started serving pretzel rolls, I was like, now I am seriously fucked. And I told, I told yeah. the, the flight attendant, she put a pretzel roll. I was like, is this a pretzel roll? She goes, yeah. She, I looked at her and I go, now I am seriously <laughs> fucked. She was like, okay, I'm going to go check on if anybody else needs water. And walks away. Um, but I just kind of, that's, you're sitting there with the pretzel roll and you're trying to convince yourself that you don't need to eat this. It's free. You don't need to eat it. Of course, it's delicious, but you're not. And then it's this tug of war of, well, if I'm not going to eat the bread, then I might as well have the cheesecake. All right, I'll have half of the cheesecake. Well, the bread's still warm. Maybe. And it's like, why have you, all you had to do was say, I'm not eating with you guys tonight. 
you know? By the way, I can smell your bread necklace. And, and it's it delicious. Smells, it smells incredible. Think about my situation. Yeah. And my pockets are filled with butter. Yeah. Uh, I, I just, I completely, um, that's a weird, and then when I get to the airport, I'm hungry. Sometimes I get a hamburger and I don't get French fries. That's kind of how I justify. The fries don't do anything for you. But the burger, it's, you know, really, it's the bread. That's really the only bad thing is it's the bread, man. It's the bread. Um, but so I eat before I get on the plane. Then I get on the plane. I'm like, I'm not hungry. I don't need to eat. But if I don't go to sleep and they want to serve that stuff. And now I kind of, I'll eat just the meat and the vegetables. And I'm not eating any of the rice or the stuff that, you know, the polenta or any of that crap. Um, but it is, it is sort of the bread. And that's kind of a big, so that's why I'm going to start off with a bread necklace because I find that when I'm cutting weight, that just can't be a part of my life. Yeah. It just can't be. It's but, just okay, not I for have a it. Question. It doesn't. Okay. You take the train to avoid all the food at the airport and, and the bread and all of that. What do you eat on the train? No, no, no. So the reason I took the train was I felt like, why don't I try not flying places? Okay. And you can actually take a train from New York City. I would always take the train to Philadelphia, Boston. When I do DC, I'm going to go and do that for the first time. Um, you guys can find all my tour dates on TJ Miller does not have a website.com. TJ Miller.com was taken. Uh, American Glutton on net. And, uh, <laughs> and so I said, well, what would it be like to take a train to Florida? And it's really, it is, it's 31 hours, but you're sleeping for half the time and you get this cool little room and it's a sleeper car. And I loved it. I was sad to get off of the train because you can walk. That's another thing. When you're on a six-hour flight, there's no walking. On the train, you go down to the dining car. Of course, it's the only place you can go. But you go down to the dining car, see what's going on. You just have more space. And so there's more movement, which I think is really important. Is there a bathroom and in I the like sleeper trains. car? Yes. If you get the really nice uh, bedroom, of which there are like three on each sleeper car, um, there's a bathroom and a shower in the room. Wow. And the bathroom is the shower and the shower is the bathroom and they don't have a toilet. I'm just saying you just go you're while swat. you're showering. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no, no, no. They, and so it was the first time on the way down here and I recommend it for anybody. It's the first time I've sat down and urinated and taken a shower while I was urinating in a toilet. It was I, pretty interesting. I, do you know who Dak, you know, Dak yeah, Shepard. Yeah, yeah. So Dak Shepard has long had a, uh, fantasy about having a toilet in the shower. I, I we got to tell him about this. Tell him to get. Tell him to get on the train. Yeah, come on, it's there. Somebody's Ride done that train. it already. Yeah. Come on, shower in it. Yeah, um, while you're going to the bathroom. So I I just wanted to see what it was like to travel. So now I'm going to take a train down to Miami because I'm playing Miami in October, and I'm going to take one back from Birmingham. So I won't do a, one where a train where I have to switch. But if, if there's a direct train line to it, I think I'm going to start doing that because it's interesting. And I often, you know, fly in the night before for a gig. So why not leave that day but earlier and just be on a train? And I got a lot of work done. That was the other thing is I was like, I can really make this because the Internet's not great. You have a hotspot. Um, I mean, I, I brought a hotspot, but it's a place where I could. You know, where I can write and I can, you know, longhand. And, and so it was really cool. I, I really loved it. I was sad to get off. But I fell asleep in the, my little bed that comes down um, listening to American Glutton. And it was funny because the train, it doesn't wake you up. It all kind of rocks you sleep. But I woke up and then went back. But I would wake up and just, you know, quietly. It was like, 
Well, you know, your body fat index is an indicator, but <laughs> what are the metrics? What are the metrics that you're looking? How do you find? And then I kind of fall back asleep and then I'd wake up and it's like, and then you're in the drive through and you're like, I can't believe that I'm in the drive through. I'm not going to do this. And then you're eating three or four Carl's Jr. cheese and then I'd fall back asleep and wake up. And so that was kind of my fun train ride. Uh, companion was your podcast that's amazing uh but it's great and it is you know this they really were trying to give me a dinner roll for every meal yeah and kate said oh you could take sakara with you you could take which is her meal plan which is sort of all vegan they deliver and she does three days a week so it's not you know it's not our entire life of food and i said yeah i definitely i actually can do that because then you're not putting it through the x-ray you don't have it in your care I, I don't like that i don't know what's that what that's about right because uh, I tried to check it in my luggage and it doesn't quite quite make sense. So uh, I said, though, I said, I want to see what it's like to eat on the train. Let's see what this is all about. Basically, I had a kind of um, vegan pasta dish thing and I didn't eat the pasta. So right. just ate what the... The veggies. It was a tie, yeah. And then I got the chicken thing because I was listening to you, you know, for hours on end. Yeah. And then I just ate the chicken and the vegetables and I think it had rice. It had risotto or something like that. Right. And so I was able to kind of, you know, get that done. And then at the end, I had a turkey sandwich. But it was so funny because listening to your show makes you just hyper aware. And it's and I do this thing I want to talk about where I do 34 push-ups kind of whenever I think about it. I do it right now, but I've bred very, very precarious bread necklace. Bread, yeah, which we're going to eat later. I can't do that. Yeah, yeah I bet we are. Yeah. And uh, and so um, listening to your podcast, I would. I would I would say, all right, fucking you just thought of it. Do the push-ups and do the squats. And I would say, um, we're not going to eat in this risotto. Why are we going to do that? And then I laughed at myself also because, and this is a, this is a thing, this is a problem that I have, which is um, I eat uh, sometimes to be a part of the scene or to fit the scenario. Sure. Or to, it's when, when in Rome do as the Romans do type of thing. So what I did was I followed the first station, D.C., we we are allowed to get off the train. And so the conductor, like, as soon as we landed, just booked it. And I was like, what, what is he doing? Where is he going? And I said, how much time do we have? He goes, you know, it's going to leave at, like, whatever it was, 11.04, you know? And I was like, so you have 11 minutes, essentially. And he's like, yeah. So he just booked it. And I was like, where is he going? So I just followed him and I was like, as long as I'm with him, the train's not going to leave without me. Because that would be the most insane thing. With a sleeper car, it's everything. Everything that you own is on. So I just booked it with him and I was walking really fast. I was like, where is he going to go? So he went to Shake Shack and I was like, oh, okay, I could get a Shake Shack. That's what that's what the train attendant is doing. But he had called ahead. Uh, so I was like, all right, I don't have time. So then I walked back and then he stopped at McDonald's to order four shakes because he was getting it for, uh, you know, all the other train employees. And I was like, okay, yeah, yeah. So this is what you do. You like book it. You have to call ahead for Shake Shack, but you can go to McDonald's. So I ordered a cheeseburger and a small fry because right. I'm like, I'm getting McDonald's just like the train attendant. Yeah. Well, that's ridiculous. <laughs> I don't need to, and I never, I never eat McDonald's. I bet you I eat McDonald's or one of those types of places for a hamburger three times a year or something like that. And if I'm going to get, sometimes I'll get a Shake Shack burger, a place that I know is better, five guys or something. But I, they have the best hamburgers in the world in New York City. So I don't really, I'm like, I don't, it's, you know, I stopped eating pizza on the road. Right. Because I'm just like, this just isn't worth it. It's, it's not in, the greatest pizza. And in, then you're eating garbage for no reason. And also, every city that I go to, every city, they're always like, 
best pizza you've ever had. Right. You got to go. One city, they were like, Mellow Mushroom's got the best pizza in town. I'm like, it's a fucking chain, man. Right. What are you talking about? Right. All pizza is good. But in New York City, I can do Prince Street pizza. I can go get a Neapolitan, whatever. And so that, so that I kind of stopped. By the way, I want to just say I have a few friends from Connecticut, and they swear, and a few New York people have gone up to Connecticut, and they swear Connecticut beats New York. I I, I disagree, but it is great pizza. But so is Detroit style pizza. I had, and I do this also. Anywhere I go, if they've got famous food, I end up eating that food, yeah. and that's not always that healthy. And sure. I'll just try and. Make the portions not ridiculous, you yeah. know? But yeah, the Connecticut style pizza is great. St. Louis is trash. They always talk about it. I don't know great any there. of these places. It's cracker thin is their deal. There's a place called Emo's and it's just, I get it for them. But in St. Louis, you go to Lion's Choice, which is a roast beef sandwich place that makes Arby's <laughs> look like a really sad experiment <laughs> and disappointment. Right. Um, but then I did a taste test. I got Arby's and they've really picked up their game and I got Lion's Choice and I preferred Lion's Choice, but I'm not going to go to Philadelphia without getting a Philly cheesesteak. Sure. But I won't get a Philly cheesesteak in New York because it's not going to be as good. Yeah. So there's kind of, there's that trade off. This bread necklace does smell good. Um, there is that trade off, but the, you know, back to kind of what I was saying is I will sort of eat to appropriately fit in the context of where I am. And I find that that just gets me to really excuse eating stuff and at a time where it just does not make sense, yeah. you know? And on the road, it's really hard to eat well. And the Sakara thing, but what I found, and I saw some of a couple of your tins in the old pantry, um, sardines. The best. I love sardines and Kate loves sardines. And I eat them right out of the tin, so I don't need to put them on a crack or anything. We'll do that at home for having a fancy breakfast sure. or something. But I eat that for breakfast. Do you ever have them in hot sauce? Sometimes they're of packed course. in hot sauce. Of course. Amazing. I mean, is this is this the time that I give you your gift? It might be. Do we break in now? Yeah, let's Gift see it. it up? Let's see. Let's do it. Let's do it, TJ. Wait, I can't wait to talk about chicken wings and Unstoppable. I cannot, I cannot wait. wait. So, I've gotten into foodstuffs. Okay. And here's why. Everybody for their merch has, it'd be so funny if the dog just jumped up and ate my necklace. I'm like, back, child! She would, team. Um, Get away from him. So everybody has a t-shirt for their merchandise, and I just didn't think that was interesting. But I love... TJ Miller doesn't have a website, but he has hot, hot sauce. sauce. Holy fuck. You have your own hot sauce. I have sauce. my own hot sauce. I have three different flavors. So this is what I brought for you because hot sauce has how many calories? None. Zero. It's free. So Extreme we have gangster shit. TJ's Chipotle. That's sort of smoky Chipotle, a little bit of heat. This one's called Extreme Gangster Heat. Okay. And that's your habanero. Makes Tabasco sauce. Looks just like a sad experiment and disappointment. Yeah. It's, I guess, a term that I've coined on American Glutton Podcast. Yeah. Dot net. And then um, this is uh, the ghost pepper. It's for the- That's the, even it, hotter than the habanero. This is called fucking intense ghost pepper type shit. It has my face on the front. I'm yelling, fuck shit, yeah! <laughs> Which is your favorite. You love yelling comedy. I do. That's a big part of it. This comes with a guarantee. You're going to hear this again when you come to the show, but this is the pepper tits of the fuck century. This shit will blow your dick right off, and if you don't have a dick, you'll grow one. It'll be removable. So certain guarantees come with these hot sauces. So I brought these because I know you like hot sauce. Oh, yeah. And then I really was interested in if this 
was a part of your regimen, if you can have any. I love peanut butter. Okay. And what I've started doing in the green room, instead of ordering, I had to get to a point where I stopped ordering food from the club. It was yeah. free, right? And I also had to stop drinking so much at the club because it's free. Uh, it's just, that is, and what happens is, as a stand-up comic, you are, it's ingrained in you to take the free stuff because when you first start doing stand-up, the first way that you get paid is in drink tickets. Right. So they give you two drink tickets. So it's actually your salary. It's your it's the currency. It's a type of currency. And at these bar shows when you start out, the currency is also well, think about it in a comedy club also. Your currency is alcohol. So if they like the comic on stage, they send them a shot. Right. After the show if I'm hanging out at the bar, hey, let us buy you a shot. Right? right? Buying someone a shot is the let me get him a drink. I love your work. That happens to me in public all the it's time. It's like a tip. Yeah. You're a huge you're you know, I'm a huge fan of yours. We took care of your meal. Sometimes will be the Right. But then when you graduate to the next level and the bookings are a little bit better, you start hosting the open mic or hosting the book show. Then they give you a free meal. Right. So now you're getting paid in food and drinks, but not even a dollar. And no comic ever thinks to be like, oh, thanks for the drink tickets. Can I just have $13? Can you just pay me? I appreciate the meal, but can I have $26? You can give it to me in fucking quarters, but I'm trying to make rent. And I can't pay it in turkey club. Uh, And so... So that's sort of ingrained you, just like people say in college, you just don't turn down free food. So I had to get to a point where now I don't really eat dinner at the club. Right. And um, and if I'm drinking, I'm going to have maybe one or two drinks. I bring a drink on stage. That's important because subconsciously it tells people, hey, I'm drinking. You should be drinking. And that's how the club makes money. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, lately a post-pandemic has been weird. But if you're not selling a ton of tickets... Let's say, no, no, no. So I sell a lot of tickets, but let's say I'm not selling out every show. If they're still making crazy money on the alcohol, then they're ecstatic. And my audience drinks a lot and right. they drink good. They're they're going to order Maker's Mark instead of the rail whiskey. Right you now, they're going to say, um, I'd like the IPA, not yeah. a Bud Light, you right. know, and some, not everybody, especially in Florida, there's probably buckets of Bud Light lime. In my audience, when right. I look out at them drinking out of a bucket yeah. like an alcoholic pirate, I maybe in West, in uh, Miami, but West Palm Beach, that's fancy people. It can be. I saw a buckets of beer. Oh, they <laughs> last have night. Okay, you'll see. But um, no, Palm Beach, um, Dania Beach is not as nice. But Palm Beach, Naples is strangely there's money there, you yeah. know. But as I was talking to you about, I really, really know Florida. And I guess this kind of transitions into the cutting weight of it all, because I used to cut weight and gain weight for parts. Sure. Like a motherfucker, because I'm not a great actor. So what I do is I change my voice and I can drastically change my appearance. You know, not not machinist level, you know, Christian Bale, but I would... I would I would really change the, my weight, and that would change my look a lot. The movie we did together, Unstoppable. With Denzel Washington. That's right. And Chris Pine. Um, you were thinner in that than you were in the the movie I had seen you in right then in 2010. Am I right? Yeah, I'm yeah. sure. Okay. I'm sure. I mean, for... I really do it for the part. I think that's why I'm good at tricking myself into like, hey, man, 
you know? Yeah, it doesn't matter. You can yeah, go up, you when can you're go down. In, when you're in St. Louis, you get a Lions choice. And if you want to have two or three of them, that's great, you yeah. know? And I, I didn't do that, but like the taste test thing is a funny way to be like, well, I got to have the whole RB sandwich, the whole Lions choice sandwich to really know what the full For sandwich sure. experience is. Um, the taste changes as you eat it. As your body goes, I've, I've ingested this much fat and this much salt. Sometimes your body rejects it. Like really? a, a three-pound lobster tail. The first bite is going to taste very different from the last bite, I think. No, I think that must be true. I But I like lobster. I just keep dipping in the butter. Yeah. Um, but, you know, when I got that McDonald's cheeseburger, I only ate half of it. Wow. And I ate some of the fries. So I do kind of do the portion thing because I'm – we have something – my podcast, which everybody should listen to, is called Cashing In with T.J. Miller. My friend Cash Levy, one of the funniest comedians working today, it's an interview show, but he has trouble getting guests. So I'm the only guest that's been on it for about <laughs> seven years. So um, we talk about the, uh, the three-slice mistake or the third-slice mistake. And that is when you get a piece of pizza, it's unbelievable. If you get a second piece of pizza, especially if it's a different piece of pizza, that is still so fun yeah. and delicious and makes life worth living. But the third slice, you're still getting diminishing returns on the second slice, right? But the third slice is never a good idea. It's a mistake always. Yeah. No one gets to, finishes the third slice and is like, wow, what a great idea. Yeah. Because you just don't need three slices of pizza. Right. No human being needs to eat three slices of pizza. So I, I've been getting I better at the portions me, of I, it. I would have that reaction at the end of the pizza. Yeah, absolutely. When the entire pizza is gone, then about. I go. I should have stopped at three slices. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. It's because you have to eat the you have to eat the third slice to have made the third slice mistake. Yeah, right. And so that's so I I do kind of think portions more than I used to. But what I would do is if I wanted to cut weight for a roll, and people always say like putting on weight is easy, cutting weight is hard. I disagree wholeheartedly. Cutting weight in a healthy way, cutting weight healthily is maybe a word. I don't know. Sure, healthily. You know, sounds, because sounds right. you're a healthily type of guy. Yeah. I find cutting weight just as easy. And I think that's because, and I think we kind of bonded early on over being extremists. Yeah. When I talk about you, uh, the word extremist comes up For a lot. sure, I would think. Like, I, I remember hope. I texted you, or talking, you know, and you, I said, what's going on now? And you're like, I'm into tactical firearm courses. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is he talking about? And then you sent me a video, and I was like, yep, that tracks. That's Ethan Suplee. <laughs> and I showed Kate, and she almost had a non... She had a similar reaction to me. She was like, oh, Makes well, sense. it seems good, you know? <laughs> Sounds like he's having a lot of fun. Because you used to cycle like a maniac. Yeah. And you would talk to me about that, and you would send me a picture when you were doing that. And I was like, holy shit. Yeah. So I've seen you at very different weights, and you were not nearly as heavy during Unstoppable sure. as uh, you were before that. Um, but for Unstoppable, I did cut weight because we're working on railroad. Yeah. So we're outside all day. We're doing that. Um, for a movie that I did called Underwater. Right. Um, I was at a bachelor party. It was like my bachelor party, maybe, um, like a couple weeks before. So we were just drinking. It was in New Orleans. It's, New Orleans is like, Kate said they just eat their way through the day. At breakfast, they're talking about what they're going to have for lunch. At lunch, they're talking about what they might have breakfast because they already decided in between what they're going to have for dinner. Yeah. And it's all fried food. It's all. But I was kind of cutting weight while I was. Well, no, no. I cut weight while I was there. So I showed up and I was probably two, 
45. I mean, this is a while ago. And I was like, I have to cut weight for this because I work on a oil rig underwater and right. I'm the guy that fixes stuff, you know, and we're wearing these huge suits. So what I did is I just sprang into action. And I remember like maybe a weekend, like the second week, Kristen was like, dude, you have cut a lot of weight. You've lost a lot of weight. And I was like, yeah, it's a fucking movie. Right. You know, it's so funny that I was like, of course I did. Yeah. Because I think she kind of, she thinks a lot about uh, weight and image. Obviously, she's a movie star. And a girl. And girls and a girl. do think about that And a, a girl. Yeah. And, you know, she, I think, I think women are more likely to be, have body dysmorphia, all women, not certain women. They're just, all women are more likely to look at themselves and say, I don't look good. Kate is like, always looks good, no matter what, always. And she'll feel really unsexy yeah if she puts on three pounds yeah and it's insane to me brandy the same way i i have this recurring thing where i'm like nothing has changed and she's like no you don't even know and it's so bizarre and i think also you know it's not just that you and i married up and our wives are incredibly attractive right. and we are very strange looking yeah you know which is true it is true yeah. i know it is um but it's also that you know they just see themselves in this box and three pounds five pounds is just out of control whereas for you and i i think 10 pounds is like can come and go really easily yeah now i've i've cut weight to a point where five pounds is more something but when i was at ehrlich weight i could and when cutting weight so i cut the way that i cut weight was i ate an omelet veggie egg white omelet you know or chicken or something in the morning and then i would have a lunch that's like super lean just whatever it was whatever it was usually it was just meat it was if they had steak if they had fish and then some veggies and then i would not eat dinner yeah and that's how i can cut two pounds a day if i really want to is just not to eat for six hours before you go to sleep and people always ask me they're like how do you do this i'm like it's pretty easy you don't eat for four hours before you go to sleep and then once you've done that for a couple of days you stop eating six hours before you go to sleep. With the four hours, you do no water an hour before you go to sleep. And when you're doing six hours before you go to sleep, you know, people call it uh, intermittent fasting now, but I just called it kind of common sense. I heard from a, a personal trainer and he explained it. He lost like 250 pounds or something. And I wouldn't eat six. And then every morning you wake up and you've cut weight. The problem is, I would do that and I would do it as an extremist. Right. So I would get it done and I would cut that and I would walk so much. I would do 15,000 steps a day, not really working out. I just never, I don't love working out. I don't love gyms, but that's how I would cut weight and I could bring the weight down. It's easy at first when you're in like, for me, I'm six foot four. Um, when you're in like, you know, 254 or something like that, then you can cut one or two pounds a day. But when you get to like 243, then it starts to get harder. Yeah. And like right now, I took a picture because my main goal was to be under 240 when I did this podcast, yeah. which is hilarious because no one is looking at me. They're just all <laughs> right. listening. But you can just hear there's just less weight on me. My, yeah. I think it's in my voice a lot you know, lighter. It just seems lighter. <laughs> Um, Did you get there? Are you under yeah, 240? Yeah, it was 239.7. Nice. And whenever I do that, I send Kate a picture because where I'm headed is like 233 to maybe 230. I think 225, I'm going to look like a guy that you want to 
that's going to try and steal your girlfriend. Right. But 233 people are still like, I could have a beer with that guy. Yeah. I need, what I always think about my weight is I need people in Wisconsin to be like, I like that guy. Yeah. Let's go have cheese curds, there, buddy. There is a level to, I think, uh, fitness where you get into a shape that is um, off-putting. Yeah, it's it can be off-putting, yeah. Which is interesting because I wondered if you were going to be like that. And you're not. You no. kind of are, have a really healthy weight right now, and you look really built. Yeah. And you're more built than I am, but I've been doing this 34 push-ups thing, and so I look a lot more like a linebacker, is what Kate said, and what she meant was a tight end. Right. But <laughs> she doesn't know a lot about football. So, um, you know, I think so – I, so I would cut that weight really quickly, and then I would hold on to that weight while I was doing the film – and then after the film, I'd kind of be like, well, now I can now do, I can do I taste want. tests back to take the taste tests. And I, when I was doing the Drew Barrymore movie, The Stand-In, I wanted to cut weight exactly to what my, the manager that I was playing, because I based it off of a real manager. And he always kind of carried a certain amount of weight, but still looked really good. He had kind of a weird beard. It was like a scratchy kind of... And so I, and it's kind of a funny haircut. And so I cut it exactly to 233. But then as we were ending the thing, I was like, well, I'm in Brooklyn. When are we going to be in Brooklyn? Got to have the Brooklyn pizza, the yeah. famous Brooklyn pizza. So then I'm like finishing half of a pizza and then not eating after that. And that's just not what you want to be doing. Right. But you kind of, with me, I was kind of like, well, who cares? That's the other thing is I'm a nihilist. So sometimes I get into that point where I'm going, what? Who gives a shit? Yeah. Like, I, I want to eat a whole pizza. I'll eat a whole pizza. And then I would maybe not do that, but I would have a half of a pizza or something. And then what happened that was very interesting, and I cut the weight for that the same way. Um, I think what really did it was when I got cast as Ehrlich, Mike Judge was like, well, I just, I saw this guy as like Penn from Penn and Teller. And, you know, glasses and a little ponytail that's weird and overweight. And I said, well, I can do that. And he was like, well, you don't, you don't have to. And I was like, yeah, that's what's in your head. And also, that will be the funniest. I understand why he saw that. Right. So I gained a lot of weight for that. And so Ehrlich was always about 255, sometimes 260. And that was amazing because to gain weight, Right, which I doubt many of the people listening to your podcast really care about this technique. No, I mean, there are a few. Let's hear it. So you replace water with beer. <laughs> okay. And not light beer. This obviously. is the strategy. Yeah. This is the strategy. You eat as close to falling asleep as you can. Right. So I would be eating pizza, fall asleep with the pizza on my chest. Then you wake up, you got a little breakfast snack. Yeah. Right there on your chest. Yeah. You, don't even, you can just go, to, you don't even need to use your hands. Yeah. Just right there. Um, and you want to really eat not bread, but like, cause it's the bread, man, it's the bread. You, um, you want to eat sort of fatty meats. So it's a lot of red meat. You know what I mean? You can have, you do pasta for sure. Right. I would stay away from rice. Um, but you pasta, a lot of Chinese food, you know, cause it's the salt and it kind of bloats you and helps with that. And there's a lot of oil and all of it. A lot yeah. of oil. And then, um, the bread that you would eat is like hamburgers, and then you just kind of double down. Yeah. Everything that you order, you order two. 
and then you take some of it home to eat right at the end of the night. And you can put on a lot of weight in Real just quick. like a couple of weeks. Yeah. yeah. But then, like you said, you can also take off a lot of weight in a couple of weeks. Yeah, exactly. So I was kind of playing that game. But when I was Ehrlich, I would go into a movie and I would cut weight for the movie. But then I'd go back. The majority of my year was spent as this guy. Because right. you're doing that for seven months out of the year or whatever. And... I remember once we were sort of coming to the end of it and I was sort of ready to go because I was like, I kind of started going on autopilot and I, I really hated the showrunner who was also directing. It wouldn't have been a big deal if he was just the showrunner. I just didn't like his energy. He just had a really bad energy. And it was getting weird with me and the other guys because I was sort of in movies and they weren't. And I was getting more and more famous and they were all getting really famous also. But you know this, like fame really is weird. It's, I would say it changes people, but I think it magnifies things about them and it makes them insecure and it diminishes things about them. Um, and I was I was on autopilot. I sort of could walk in, do it. I realized I could do the scenes actually high. Yeah. And I was smoking weed when I was off camera. Right. But then they'd say, you know what, we're going to skip ahead and do this role. It's like. My character is always high. So I was not like, oh shit, I'm stoned. Yeah. I was like, all right, let's do this stoned. And it would be, I mean, you probably did that a lot also. True. You know? I didn't smoke weed, but I was definitely intoxicated at work for a number of years. Yeah. And so, and so then I started to be like, wow, what's going on here? Like, I think I got to go and do something that's challenging, something that's different. I just don't want, because I know the work was suffering. Yeah. I was still killing, always. But I was I was also doing stand up um, every night after these fourteen hour days, Ooh. and then I would go and like after I do stand up, you got to have drinks and talk about the show, talk about the set, and hang out with the other comics. And then I would show. Then I have a five a.m. call the next day. I would show up exhausted, you know. The, I would seem hungover. I don't really get hungover, but I was drinking the night before. Sometimes I'd smell like a whiskey towel, you know, or something like that. We all know a whiskey towel. That's when sure. you spill whiskey on yourself and yeah. you use your whiskey towel to towel it up. And then you just squeeze the towel over your tumbler and finish the whiskey. But you never right? clean the towel, so it's always got that it's whiskey, whiskey towel. Yeah. You don't want to clean it. Yeah. Um, don't forget and use it to wipe your face because it will burn your eyes. Yeah. This is just stuff that I'm helping your listeners Thank understand. They appreciate it. And so it just, it was getting to a point where. And I'm so sad about this, but Mike Judge kind of felt like I didn't want to be doing the show, which I didn't know until long after. Um, and I think the guys were all like sort of pissed that it seemed like I didn't give a shit about any of this, um, but still was killing. Yeah. Still could do well and then sleep on the floor nearby while they turn the cameras around. Right. You know? And, uh, and so I kind of, but, you know, relating to, to your podcast, I remember the first day that people started poking my tummy or like rubbing my tummy. And it was so weird because it made, it makes you so self-conscious, Yeah, but they totally think that that's okay. They kind of take ownership over your stomach because I guess subconsciously in their mind, they're like, he must not care. He, right. he obviously doesn't care about his health yeah. or his body. So who cares if I pat his little tummy or give it a rub? And that was, and I want to talk about this on stage at some point. That was the first time where I was like, okay, there is a weight that you get to where society really changes how they see you. Yeah. And they don't respect you as much, but they also think that's okay. And they're probably making fun of you behind your back. 
And that was a weird moment too, where I was like, being on this show is also unhealthy. I just hadn't even thought about that. Right. Because I never, I still don't really think about my weight now because I'm cutting weight and have been in a healthy way for like a year or something. Yeah. Um, you know, but I think once I got into 260, 263, then people were like, he's fat. You yeah. know, he's like a fat guy. But because my frame is so big, I, I can carry a lot of weight and it still doesn't look like, you know, I'm really like a rotund guy. I always would say I have a toddler body. It right. looks like a toddler was given a growth serum, you know? I've never once looked at you and I watched that show and thought, TJ's fat. But I definitely remembered when you were larger than you are now, certainly. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, so that was another reason to kind of back off of that. And also, Kate is, has never been like, you should lose some weight. I had this terrible ex-girlfriend once who's like, maybe if you lost some weight, your girlfriend would fuck you more often. And I was like, what? Right. So like, can you imagine if I said that about you? Yeah. And she was like, I'm sorry, that was mean, but she wasn't sorry. And I'm a nice guy, so I didn't lay into her because I'm a stand-up comic, so I should have been like, well, maybe if you didn't dress like a Southwestern divorcee, your boyfriend turquoise, would. <laughs> your boyfriend right. would just look at you like he wanted to fuck you. Right. And... You know, Kate just would never do that. And she she said only a couple times, I'm worried about your health. That's the only thing I worry about is if you carry a lot of weight where you carry weight. Um, but I think the biggest problem for me is all of my bad cut. I've never drank soda. I drank it when I was a kid, but never, I never want to drink. The only time I drink Coca-Cola is when I go to a movie, I always get a Coca-Cola sure. and a popcorn because that's American. Yeah. I feel like an American. You have to be an American. At a you have theater. to do it. And so I... Um, I just don't have a lot of motivation outside myself to kind of do that. And the biggest thing, all my bad, um, all my sugar comes from uh, alcohol. Right. So I don't really eat um, candy. I would never really eat a Snickers bar. That would be very, very rare. Don't eat soda. Not really into desserts. If I'm at a restaurant and I'll say, is there a dessert here that I would make a mistake not to order? Yeah. And I can see them when they go, well, the chocolate cake's really good. No, that's not what I'm, then I don't get that. Right. But if they go, this bread pudding, you're never. It will gonna... change your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'll eat it. And maybe I don't eat the whole thing, but I'll definitely, so I don't ever want like cutting weight to get in the way of, you know, experiences, unless it's for a movie, because that's what I'm getting paid to do. Yeah. You know? But so once I left Silicon Valley, I realized that I had been living for five years as this guy. Right. That it was totally appropriate to weigh 255 pounds. And that is 25 pounds over the weight that I think would be healthy. Yeah. And even, and you know, now I know uh, Stavi Baby, you and Stavros were talking about, um, you know, feeling the weight on your knees. Yeah. Now I kind of sort of, so now is the time where I kind of don't want to feel that. Sure. Um, and so I know what I'm doing and I know where it's headed, but I really can't do it. Um, uh, I can't do it like other people do it. Like I hear the question and answer portion of your show and I just can't relate to any of those people. But you, I want to hear you tell the uh, the chicken wing story. The chicken wing story. Oh, well, that's and just about us being extremists together. Uh, when we met, we met on a movie, Unstoppable. I didn't know TJ was a comedian. Uh, and I'd, you still don't. Uh, I, I had seen him. Well, I, I found out very quickly. I was on, I was not doing bread at the time. 
that was my big yeah, thing. No bread, no pasta. Yeah. So my big thing at that time was not eating carbs and gluten and stuff like that. But chicken wings were somehow okay. And well, because it was just meat. It was just meat. But, you know, I think they dust them in flour, which I ignored. But I wouldn't eat, like, I wouldn't eat a Kentucky fried chicken chicken wing. No, no, no. These were buffalo wings. That's what we should say. Yes. And they weren't dusted in flour, I don't think. I, I don't think. I, I think they're always dusted in flour. But I don't I, really? I have no idea. Well, you know what? I see, because I work in clubs and restaurants. Yeah. They don't usually. They're frying them. They're fried. Yeah. Um, and then they toss them in whatever the. But we found a place that had the best. Like garlic, pepper, chicken it wings. It was a wing scampi. It was a it, wing it was, scampi. Yeah. Oh, my God. But what we did. And and they also had a hundred flavors And do you wings. remember how many we ordered? I know we got close. I think we, we really asked them to give us as much as we possibly could. Yeah. But we had ordered 15, 20 orders of chicken. And we just sat there <laughs> and ate chicken wings and laughed. And with the time, our catchphrase, stew it. Let's stew it. Yeah. And so every time we had a bad idea like that, we'd be like, let's fucking stew it. Yeah. Um, but I just remember that that was so interesting that both of us were totally down to just eat a hundred chicken wings. Yeah, no problem. And, and, that, and that was the other problem. We saw this menu. They said we have a hundred flavors of yeah. wings, and we said we'd like to try them all. And they said we only we serve them a dozen at a time. You yeah. cannot buy one wing. Right. And we were like, okay, we'll do our best. Here's the deal. Give us. Can you do half a dozen? Yeah. I think they were like, all right. We'll yeah. Do. But that was only after we'd eaten like sixty wings right. or something. <laughs> like we can't get dozens. But anymore. that was so funny. And so we would kind of eat. In an unhealthy way, together, but it was also pseudo healthy. It was also right. kind of healthy. It was the bread, man. We didn't do the bread. We didn't do the bread, and so we would go for it. And I remember you telling a story about how you hadn't, because you hadn't had pasta in years at that years. point, right? Yeah. And and to your thing about like you like to eat the appropriately when yeah. in Rome. I I was in Rome. Yeah, that's the story. With famous people at a table. And a, a very famous man was telling me I was offending him. Roberto Benini was saying, you are offending me in my country. This is my best. I've brought you to dinner in Rome. The greatest pasta on earth is in this restaurant and you have to eat a piece. And I wouldn't eat a piece. And didn't he like stay? He got onto the table and he was, was trying he, to. He got onto his chair. He was thrusting pasta at me, standing on a chair, furious. And uh, Steven Spielberg was sitting next to me, kind of whispering, eat the fucking pasta. Eat the fucking pasta. Really? Yeah, it was bad. And I wouldn't do it. And I regret that so much. Yeah. That's crazy. Because I know him. He's like responsible for most of my career. And uh, yeah, it would take a lot to have him be like, just fucking eat the pasta. He was like, he was like mortified in front of this guy. Yeah, and we were in this guy's city, and and I was offending him by not eating his pasta. Yeah, but fuck him. And honestly, Spielberg, kind of fuck you with that. Well, I mean, I mean listen, I wish I'd eaten the pasta. Really, I do. I wish I had. You look back and then you wish it. Why? Because a piece of pasta wasn't going to kill. I'm not so fragile. That yeah, but now would you take a smoke? Of drugs, or would you no. take a drink? No, but so today, then to me, you told me it's the same thing. I, 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 At the time, you said it's the same thing, and you said that'll open the floodgates, and then I'll. And I think listening to your podcast, I understand you much more with respect to that than yeah. I did, you know, just knowing you. 
I think you made the right decision. Because I don't know if you remember this, but you said if I eat, and you told them, I think, if I eat this pasta, then it will open up a floodgate that I won't be able to reverse. That's how I felt, yeah. And so you should not have eaten the pasta. And if you did, maybe what would have happened? You could have taken a year off your life when you just go fucking balls, hog, go whole hog. Yeah. I was at the time picturing winding up in a crack house later that night. Like, that's what it meant to me. I was like, no, I have a hard line on bread right now. I don't cross that line. So if I eat that pasta, my whole life falls apart. This is what I saw. Yeah, but you know what? I'm glad that you did that because you just had so many experiences. It was so fascinating to hear when you had gone to rehabilitation and when you sort of busted out of it or you and just the struggles that you had but i was always so amazed by your resolve and now looking at you it's like absolutely amazing it's yeah. just absolutely it's a greater feat than maybe i can't offhand i can't think of another friend of mine who's accomplished a feat of this greatness oh thank you TK. outside of you because you really and it's not just that you look different and it's not just that you, you know, feel different. You've you've come through all of that, and you're doing this, yeah. which is like even one step further in the greatness that you've achieved, helping other people do this, but also not being a motivational speaker or a life no. coach. It's just you, and you have the experience, and you're as inquisitive to other people as you are about telling your own story. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, I'm, you know, I'm interested in nihilism, but I, I think for me, I'm I'm more just believe that we're all, and this is possibly nihilistic, but I don't, you know, I think that objective reality is what it is and that my totality and life experience isn't going to fit into objective reality in the same way as yours. And so therefore, I don't sit here and go like, I can't tell you exactly what to do because I don't know. Yeah. Does that make sense? No, it's nihilistic because the great thing about nihilism is if nothing means anything, then anything can mean everything. Right. And so you really choose your own values and everybody else's values are wrong and you know it gets it gets murky when you but, get uh, into can, the murder and the pedophilia and that sort of stuff can everybody else's values be right for them um it you mean the society at large like, like i choose i choose my own values and in doing that i allow you to choose your own values and my values are not my values are correct but only correct for me yes i and i i always love that about you is that i love that you you know it's live and let live and you're just not very judgmental i think in part because you've been in so many places and done so much stuff that you've been judged for yeah and i remember i have all these things about you that stick out to me you told me once that a publicist thought that she had hung up but was talking about you to somebody else and just saying these awful things about you. I was on my way to the Blow premiere. I was working in Camarillo on a movie called The First 20 Million is Always the Hardest. I was high out of my mind Yeah, on heroin and doing cocaine just to get, just to drive back to Hollywood for the Blow premiere. Right. And I had a voicemail from my publicist who was giving me details on like, 
I, I was driving to my house and a car was going to pick me up at my house at a certain time and bring me here. And I was going to meet this person and look for this person. Right. right. That was a voicemail. Yeah. And then she thought she hung up and continued to talk about me with somebody else sitting in her office. And it was awful. It was the worst teardown of a person I've ever heard. And this was a voicemail. I wish I'd fucking saved that voicemail. I know, but you, you couldn't have. I remember she was just saying how unhealthy you're and just calling you these names. Yeah. And he's so fat. I can't believe he can walk. And she's saying, yeah, yeah, it was crazy. And I, I just, when you told me that, I could see it was just fucking burned in your mind. It just had been burned in there. And I said, did you fire? Like, what did you do? And you said, oh, I fired her. I called my agent immediately and I said, fire this person. It's just, uh, what a horrible thing. But I could see in your eyes kind of, it was almost like it was burned in in a way where, it's hard to explain, but like, while you're telling the story, I saw you as that kid at that age being that person. And there was such pain. But there's also, at the time that you were telling me, you also you were so distant from it. Yeah. So it's like it took you right back there, but you had become such a different person and gone so much further in that place that I could also tell that it just seemed very far away for you. Yeah. And I thought that was so fascinating. I mean, you have so many fascinating stories, um, but I have these little ones. I mean, the chicken wings, obviously, yeah. but I have these little things that kind of stick out. I always, every time, I'm, I'm not joking, every time I'm in a hotel, <laughs> Every single time. And here's the thing. In our lives, certain things are said to us or happen, and they just stay with us the entire time, if you don't like them. Like, I hate this. I talk about it in my stand-up. I got to talk about it tonight, actually. I, uh, Whenever I wash my armpits, I think about Zach Woods from Silicon Valley because one time he said, well, you have to wash under your arm 14 times to get them hygienically clean. I was like, What? <laughs> I was like, you haven't heard that? And I was like, no. And then I just started thinking about him in the shower. Is I knew, this point? I need to know wine. what it is. Is this 14 scrubs or you have to wash them and rinse them over and over again now, 14 so what times? I, what I tell the audience is now whenever you wash your armpits, you will think of me. Yeah. Because I think about the guy that told me and I don't want to. Right. And so what I say on stage, I say, so when you wash your armpits, I want you to count like this. You know how I feel about you. TJ loves me once. TJ loves me twice. TJ loves it when I'm clean and don't have lice. <laughs> Which is a very silly song. But it gets 14 brushes. Okay, good. So, and I think I think it is scrubs. I don't know what it is, but that, that frustrates me so much. And then when I put on socks, I always remember my friend Cole Norville said that somebody told him once, you put on your sock while you're balancing and it's good for your balance for the rest of your life, right? Fuck. When you're balancing on one, and now, I always think about that. Not always, but I do. And when I'm in a, um, when I'm at a hotel, I, this is serious, Ethan. I think okay. about you every I single weekend. I have weekend. no idea what I've every said. Every single weekend. I don't know what I've done. You said... When we were at the hotel, oh, it was so funny too because we were in the movie together as friends and we quickly became friends. We were also like in the movie by ourselves. So <laughs> it was just us and Tony Scott. And you know, we talked to Chris Pine. I was friends with him. We talked to Denzel Washington. It's obviously very strange. And, and I got, we have to talk about the Tony Scott story. Do you remember that? Yeah. When he was, oh my God. And uh, so every single weekend, I think about the time that you said, so do you have them come in and make up your room? Do you remember this? Yeah. And I go, yeah, of course. And you're like, really? And I was like, why? You don't? And you're like, no. 
I would never let anybody in my hotel room. And you always had the do not disturb thing on. And I swear to you, after that, (laughs) I have not had... How many years ago was that? That was like fucking 14 14 years ago ago or something, right? I mean, really, it was like 12 years ago. You've been in a lot of hotels. I've been in all the hotels. And I have never had a person come in and change... My sheets at all. Can I tell you that when- Isn't that so amazing? It's amazing. When COVID happened and they stopped coming into the hotel, this was a relief to me. I'd go and do a movie and they'd tell you like, we're not really doing housekeeping. And I'd go, thank God I can relax about this. I don't have to worry that somebody's rifling through my shit and touching my stuff. And I had always wanted to ask because I don't know why, but I never asked at the time. I think because I almost felt shamed. Like I was like, I'm doing it wrong. (laughs) This guy's a movie star. Okay, he's this huge, he's this hugely successful, hilarious actor, and what am I doing? How, why am I letting people in? It? I'm a fool. I'm a fool. And so, I, but I never asked you, why don't you want people to come into your room? Uh, you know, uh, I can't believe I'm listen, finding- when It's something about, like, strangers in my space. When we had our first kid and my wife was like, now we're going to get a nanny. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? A nanny. And she was like, you know, I'm going to need help. And I was like, I'm going to help you. And she was like, no, no, no. We're going to have a person who's going to do stuff around the house. And I never grew up with another person doing yeah, anything yeah. in my house. And, and it was the oddest thing ever. And so... We now had this new person who very rapidly does is no longer a stranger because they're in your house a lot. Yeah. But when I would go away to work, I would go back to, I don't want, I make my bed in the morning. I don't need somebody to make my bed in the morning. If I need a new towel, there's always going to be some housekeeping person in the hallway and I steal towels off her little cart and soap if I need it. Oh yeah, you've been arrested for that. Yeah, and otherwise... I don't need them to come in and do, what are they doing in there? You know? I think, you know, you're right. It's like Kate makes the bed when I'm at home, but on the road, I started to be like, cause I really did. I thought about it and I said, why do I need them to come in there? Yeah. I don't want anybody I sh- I in there. I should be reusing the towels anyway. There's already enough towels in there. And I don't think I was as paranoid about them like going through my backpack or something because they. I didn't think anybody would steal stuff. I just felt it felt like I I don't want anybody going into my bedroom right now. And 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 one other point, the way hotel beds are made in hotels, the way they make that bed, it's awful. It's fucked. Whenever you go to get into the bed, you you have to destroy it. it. Yeah, it's crazy. That's weird. It's so tight. It's like, yeah, who would ever even slip into that? And now I can kind of just leave, you know, cash all over the floor and in the shower and stuff like that. And it also came partially from when I did drugs. I'd have drugs all over the room. I didn't want people to see that. And I think when I was when I used to smoke marijuana and it was illegal and before vape pens, I also kind of didn't want people coming in there as if a fucking housekeeping for a hotel would be like, look what I found in room (laughs) seven twelve. Like they would get fired. (laughs) Like, what are you doing and why do you have marijuana? I was gonna tell on him. You know, it's that it's so funny when you're younger and you just think the world is against you because you don't know that all of this is a job. Yeah. For cops, it's a job. For housekeepers, it's a job. It's yeah. just, you know, just, a job. just another guy being like, oh, Jesus, right. I got to go up there and tell him to stop smoking weed 
in the fucking yeah. room because somebody's complaining. That's what they're doing. They're not like, I'm a narc. Okay, yeah. I got to call the cops and go up there with them. My, but yeah, so I think about that yeah, all that's the time. Amazing. Brandy uh, likes fresh towels, even at home. She likes a new towel every day, which I think is really, um, you know, bourgeois. She also likes ice water. I don't fuck with ice water or fresh towels. Really? Yeah, I, I, I'll, I like room temperature water, and I'll hang my towel and use it for at least Salt a week. Salt of the earth. Yeah, yeah. She likes a, a tortilla cooked. I don't need that. Yeah. I'll eat a raw tortilla. She likes her buns for a, a sandwich or a burger toasted. That's all really fancy well but you did that for your hammer i did because i took so much shit from people uh on other things that i hadn't cooked my bread that i was like i'll throw them a bone i'll do i'll warm this up yeah i mean yeah i wouldn't toast the but see that's the thing about the bread it's like i don't eat toast that would be a very rare occasion for me i just like these dinner rolls this yeah. is kind of the thing yeah a warm like roll is nice a, a warm, warm roll is really nice and you get those on planes and yeah. stuff yeah well i um yeah, I mean, I'm absolutely surprised by the, um, you know, the progress that you've made. And I like that you use the word maintenance on the podcast a lot yeah. because that's really what we're all striving to do. It's not to cut weight. That's the other thing. It's the big philosophically, my two big things with fitness and health are uh, the 34 pushups, which is kind of reminiscent of a bigger thing. And I think, you know, we should talk about that. And then also. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Um, never saying lose weight. 
always saying cut weight. Yeah. Because it's more active. It's not like I have this thing, I've got to lose this weight. Um, because you're actively cutting it. It's you're, you're doing something. Yeah. You're not remedying something. I have this weight, now I need to lose it and get rid of it. You're going to cut it. And then when you want to put on weight, then you're putting on weight. So you don't gain and lose weight. You put on weight and you cut weight. And it just changes the way you think about it. I think that the language... Dieting, I hate the idea of, well, I'm on a diet, I'm dieting. Right. It's like, no, you're either cutting weight or... But you talk about this, sorry I interrupted you. No, no, I think that the language we use and the significance significance is that we place on language and the way that we understand it is, is, uh, is a big factor in how we exist. And so that if there is a negative connotation that we feel with dieting, don't be on a fucking diet. Figure out a different yeah. word that isn't negative, but achieves this Regimen whatever goal. Yeah, exactly. Is one that I really like. Yeah. Um, and do you like going to the gym? I do. You do? Yeah. Because I could see you getting into it and also who you are. I see a lot. I mean, you at one point, you really did send me a video of you training with a gun and shooting as if you're going <laughs> yeah. into... In fairness, that was for work. That did start as for work, and then it was like, oh, this is fun. Yeah, I'm just going to do this. But there was a work situation where I had to be good with weapons, yeah. and I met one of the technical guys, and he was like, oh, come to this class. And the next thing you know, you blink, and I've done like tactical medical courses and clearing buildings and all of this, and it's That's really what fun. I'm saying. And like yeah. shooting competitions, and it's really fun. Yeah, it is really fun. Yeah, and it's just that's kind of so I could see you. It is fun. I have a joke that I do mostly in Arizona about how the, I have a lot of friends that are liberals and they're like against guns and outlaw them completely. And I'm like, but have you ever shot a gun? And they're like, no. And I'm like, well. You know, you know, that's yeah. what they don't talk about right. on CNBC yeah. and Fox. It's, it's like fun. It's like there was a terrible mass shooting recently, but lest we forget, guns are fun. <laughs> right. It's fun to shoot guns. Um but I just saw that, you know, in the gym, you are an extremist and you also you like to push yourself. That's so much about what cycling is. It's like how much further can you get? How many but I'm very different from you in that way, in the sense that I do push-ups every day, basically. Yeah. Lately, I've tried to take a day off to just let the muscle regrow. I don't want to push it too hard. And I change my form throughout the push-up, all that stuff. Um, but I never do more than 34, ever. But 34 in a go. Yes. And so you'll the do set, multiple the times The set is 34, right. and then I do it throughout the day. Right. So I do not sit and do like five sets of 34, three sets of three. I just do it and then I let myself rest and then when I think of it next, I do it again. Right. And in the beginning, I would do it whenever I thought of it. Yeah. So I kept hand sanitizer and in the street in New York, I would just get down, i do 34 push-ups. And people say, why 34? And there's a bunch of reasons. One is if you do three sets, you've done 108 push-ups or whatever. Yeah. And that's like awesome. You know, to have done over 100 push-ups in a day, that's a big deal. And yeah. I saw a lot of change in my frame. And then I have this philosophy that I think is so funny, which is if you do 20 push-ups, that's just not impressive. 10 push-ups, 15, it's just not. 20, it's not that impressive. You got to go above 25, I think, to get into being impressive. But if you do 50 push-ups, nobody likes that guy. Right. It's, he, too, it's, it's kind of showing off. It's, yeah. yeah, you go, I do 50 push-ups in the morning, 50 push-ups at night. Everyone's like, all right, dude, keep it to yourself. You know what I mean? 
And then if you do 45 push-ups or 40, everyone's like, why don't you just do 50? Yeah. <laughs> you're already there. Yeah. Just, so that's hilarious that he like, if you're under that, people are like, dude, like yeah. push yourself. And then if you're at 50, people are like, Ugh. and then any more than that is just, I, I don't even know who would be doing more than 50 push-ups. But um, there's something about, you know, 20 push-ups, people are like, I could do 20 push-ups if yeah. I like really worked on it. I actually begin to find out that a lot of people are like, I don't even know if I could do five push-ups, which is insane to me. Yeah. But I also have always been a muscular guy and a very strong guy. And I think you have too, right? Yeah. And you had to be, to a certain extent, to carry all that weight. Yeah, I think that, you know? that produced a lot of muscle. Yeah. Yeah, right, because you're carrying around. I love when you said you brought a 35-pound kettlebell and you um, hiked with that. Yeah. And I think about that a lot when I when I lift. Sometimes I'll lift 25-pound weights, but I just do curls and these, I don't know what these Ladders. are called. So I'll do that. And so 34, I just found, was a sweet spot. 35, for whatever reason, seems kind of like anal. Well, you if, you, if you're at 33, you don't get to 100. Exactly. So you have to go above 33. Right. I never thought about that, that you're 33, right, and then 66. You and get to 99. 99. That sucks. That's if weird. you get to 99 at the end of the day, I never that thought sucks. of that. That must have been in there somehow subconsciously. But, you know, and then I'll do four sets if I'm, if I'm particularly, and then maybe a fifth set before I go to sleep. Well, now you've done over 150 push-ups in the day. That's incredibly, not only is that impressive, I don't really care about impressing other people. That's just no, but not it, me. we impress ourselves. But it, yeah, it really, really makes you feel like, fuck, I really did something with my day. And the push-up is magical to me because I can really work on the core of it. And now I'm getting more into foam rolling and what I would call sort of a roving home gym. But I used to do elliptical. I used to do all this stuff. I just like walking so much more. I think... Peripatetic thinking, I think, is incredible. I think it's so good. Is that Marcus Aurelius's The Meditations? Yes. Yeah. I have the, it's called The Emperor's Handbook, which is just a great um, translation of it by two brothers, one that lives in England, the other lives in the United States. And that's like my Bible. Okay. I just wanted to mention that I saw that you had that. It's, it's so, so good. good. That is, uh, it's the best. Uh, Thomas Jefferson's Bible. Yep. Uh, uh, a Gurdjieff book, who is a really cool philosopher. Beelzebub, um, Bill Clinton. Also, used to read it all the time. Gurdjieff, Bill Clinton. Oh, Bill Clinton. Yeah, Yeah. and uh, the Big Book of AA, uh, an anti-politics book by some anarchist group. Um, Oh, is that you're you're saying all of those? I thought you were saying Meditations was a favorite of. Go ahead, yeah. And then Meditations is the foundation of that stack of books. It is. I see now what you're saying because Jefferson did read Meditations. Yeah. That was one of the things that he read. But yeah, yeah, I think yeah, that's that is truly Ethan's intellectual catalog that's right it, there. Right there, yeah. From um, stoicism to anarchy. I love that. Yeah. I absolutely love that. Um so I I kind of the push up is sort of my magical thing. And the reason I started doing it is I was like, all right, listen, you've got some weight, you know, you're getting into your forties. And you've got this incredibly beautiful wife. And I was like, I just don't think, just because I can be a guy that carries 25 pounds more than he needs to, or 20 pounds more than he needs to, doesn't mean I should. Yeah. And I wouldn't want this for Kate. And it's not at all. If she gained a bunch of weight, I would be fine with that. Yeah. Um, And I said, you know, you kind of have to do this to be healthy. And the biggest thing was, I said, if I've got this stomach, okay, and I can work on that. But if I if my pecs are sort of sagging, I was like, I don't think that works at all with me. 
And then I started the push-ups. And, and I just I don't think I'll ever stop. Yeah, because I am. And I can tell. And Kate loves it, but I can tell. And the other thing that it does, and I don't know if this is right, but I always said I was 6'2". And then I went in to the doctor, and he was like, you're 6'3". And I was like, no, I'm not. I'm 6'2". He's like, I'm telling you, you're 6'3". And then, a little while back, I went in. This is like a year ago. And he's like, you're 6'4". And I was like, this is not real. What am I, what am I, uh, what am I growing at this stage of my life? No way. And he said, he's such a weird guy. He was like, are you calling my scale a liar? Is that what you're doing? Are you looking at my scale and you're saying that it's a liar? Right. I was like, no, no, doctor. Cutting you're definitely 6'4". You tower over me. And so one of the things that Kate believes is that because I started working out and dropping some weight, I just stand up taller. Yeah. And I think that is true. And I think the other thing that's happening it was so interesting. I started getting fans and people saying, God, you're so tall. I never thought that you were this tall. And they didn't do that when I had about 15 more pounds on me. Right. Because then I was just big. Yeah. But then as I sort of cut weight, I think I kind of appear to be much taller. And But again, like I said, I never really was aware of my weight. I think you talked about this also. Um, I just was a big guy, but I was never aware of my height. And that was all... Uh, personified or whatever it was you know exemplified in Kate I she said I just don't like living in Hollywood right and I was like why not she's like it's just sketchy it's dangerous and I was like what are you talking about it's not dangerous she's like TJ you're gigantic yeah you're a huge people do not want to fuck with you so when I'm with you then I feel safe when I am not I'm a little girl you know yeah and for whatever reason that stuck out in my head as like all right let's actually be aware of our body and what we are and I also think it's important, I didn't do this because I turned 40, I do think it's important each stage in your life to change some things about you fundamentally. Right. And this is one of the things that I'm changing fundamentally. Um, but actually, what I didn't really mention, I wanted to mention in the beginning, was that um, I'm brain damaged. Yeah. And I never really talked about that. I never really considered it. I just had this arteriovenous malformation in uh, 2010. This happened after we met and worked together. I think so. Yeah. I think that was before Yogi Bear 3D, yeah. I guess. Unstoppable was. And I started to go crazy. I had a brain bleed during Yogi Bear 3D when I was in New Zealand talking to imaginary bears. So that was hard to tell that I was going crazy, you right. know? And I started uh, to actually chemically go insane. And I was obsessed with um, entanglement puzzles. And I thought that I had just ascended to a higher level of intelligence. And that's just what happened to some smart people. They just kind of went on and clicked into the next level. And all these things, and I wasn't sleeping at all, and I was having to drink all the time to try and slow down my thinking and get to sleep. And Anna Ferris was like party time 5,000, so we just had so much fun together. It was just such a blast. But then I came back, I had a seizure, and then another seizure. There's a funny um, video on it online. It was like TJ Miller has a seizure. But, um, and then I woke up in the neurology ward at Cedar sinai and this robot doctor, I thought I had been transported to the future. This robot came in with a doctor on the monitor and said, you know, we need to operate on this. It's elective. And so, you know, I went uh, into this kind of an intern said, look, you know, there's a 10% fatality rate with, with this. 
so you, but you also you, it's elective. You don't have to get the surgery. And I said, well, what happens if I don't get the surgery? And he's like, you'll probably die when you're 35. Oof. And I was like, and then, but one out of 10 people die. And he's like, yeah. And I thought about it and I go, will I still be funny after the surgery? And this doctor was like, what? And I was like, will I still be funny after I get the surgery? He's like, I, I don't know. I think so. He just told me that I was gonna die if I didn't get the surgery. Right. He said, I, I mean, you weren't using that part of your brain. It was a malformation, so I think you'll be the same. And I was like, okay. I said, he goes, why? I said, because that's how I make my my living. And also, it's my livelihood. It's like what I do. It's really is who I am. And if I'm not funny, then I'm not sure I want to be alive. Yeah. Uh, and he said, well, I think so. So I said, well, like, I'm a gambling man. Let's roll the dice. And so it worked. I'm here. I don't know if you guys know that but uh i am here right now talking to you and your listeners and it was so strange because i took capra after that and i said what do i need to do do i need to learn new things or anything they're like no you can go home in two days and i went home i took this medication one point i stopped taking the medication because that was elective i had a seizure so then i took the medication from there on out i just switched medication and now i'm seeing a neuropsychologist because at the time this didn't exist, but after that, I needed cognitive remediation, which is what I'm doing now. And that is sort of me learning how to do things that regular people take for granted, like scheduling or paying attention to how much you sleep. Because that's the big thing. I need to sleep about nine hours a night and at the least really seven and a half or seven hours. And I don't get tired. My brain is so, because I'm prone to mania, which has created problems for me in the past. I had a manic episode on a train, and I believed that this woman was dangerous, maybe, and that it was really good for me to be a good citizen. If you see something that's even remotely, then you say something. And I've had manic episodes where I couldn't go into work in Silicon Valley at one point. But what I've come to understand is that, well, and then later, my doctor, uh, uh, I switched medications, and... Kate was like, is there any um, like side effects to Keppra that he was taking? <laughs> My neurologist goes, oh, yeah, mood instability, impulse control problems, all this stuff that he hadn't told me right. because I had to take this medication or I would die. And that was just, and Kate was like, oh, great. Well, those are the <laughs> things that have really created problems in our lives, like not in the yeah. relationship, in our lives. And the reason I wanted to bring that up was that the impulse control problems, the impulsivity, I just took that as what everybody, and it was really weird. New York was really dangerous because I would be walking and I'd see a hot dog cart and I'm like, I'm going to be a real New Yorker and have a hot dog right now. And I would not think you're walking to dinner right now. Yeah. You are headed to eat and now you are going to eat a hot dog. And I would walk down the street all the time. I'd be like, I should go in this bar. This looks like a cool bar. I'd go in and i have a beer or a shot or something like that. And I'd be like, all right. Then I'd walk a little bit further down. I'm like, oh, wow, you know, donor kebab place. Let's right. go in there. Beer goes great with that. I just didn't have in my mind the thing that stopped me or made me think, don't eat this thing. Yeah. Don't drink this. And alcohol for me has been problematic to be sure. Uh, you know, went through periods of really, really being a drunk and drinking like crazy. But now, and in the past, alcohol was more, it was really what made me overweight. Yeah. 
It really was. Because I eat pretty healthy. I love seafood. That's like my favorite food. I love steaks and things like that. But I'm just not, a, I don't eat cereal in the morning. I don't eat all the things I don't eat processed food. That's not a thing for me. Fast food I used to like, but I've never really, because my mother loved it and it just wasn't. And she gave us all the candy we wanted when we were kids. So I just, I'm not like, mm, I'd like the Reese's peanut butter cup right now. Right. But, um, you know, just, you can't, my buddy has a joke about this, this comedian CJ Sullivan who's so funny. And he now, he quit drinking and he did it for weight because he said, you know, I couldn't find a diet that allowed for 19 Jim Beam and Cokes a night. And that really was the deal. Yeah. He stopped drinking. He lost 40 pounds. He was a big guy, you right. know? And he's so much more healthy. But now he and I talk about food all the time because he was doing a, he kind of listened to me and he was doing old school Atkins. So huge breakfast, no any carbs at all. And, but then at the end of the night, he'd be fucking. 15 gym beams right. deep. And then at the end of the night, I don't keep um, food in my hotel room anymore. Yeah. For a while, I was. it's one or the other. I can either not drink or smoke weed and then take something home to eat for breakfast. Because I always eat. I think it's really bad when people don't eat until like 2 p.m. In fact, I was coming over here and I'm going to try and make you make me one of your meals yeah. a little bit later. But I... I, I was like, I have to eat some nuts. I have to eat something. And then when I went to get my phone at the comedy club, again, peanut butter and bananas, and I ate half a banana with some peanut butter. But the reason that I'm doing that a little bit and up until this is because contextually that makes sense for being on your podcast yeah. and being with you. So like I would not have brought a marijuana pen with me or smoked weed before I saw you. Right. You know, I would not come over here and be like, oh, you have some brandy. Do you mind if I have a glass? That's just not what I do. When I'm with people who don't drink, I just I don't really drink. CJ Sullivan's a little bit different because sometimes I'll have a Red Bull vodka before I go on stage. But I just don't keep food in my um, hotel room because then once I get there, then I'm definitely done eating for the night. Yeah. But if you drink and you're smoking weed and stuff, that is when you get to the most evil thing for being on the road. The most evil thing. And actually Stavros mentioned it is the pantry, they call it. At like a Holiday Inn oh, or a Sheridan or a Hilton or something. Nook. And there's nothing that is good for you. Nothing. Yeah. And what ends up happening is you've been drinking whatever. You go, well, I'm not going to eat a Snickers, but I am going to have Doritos. That's much healthier. And it's like, oh, I'm not getting ice cream. So then I'll have some Skittles and, you know, a peanut butter cup. or That's when you're like, I don't give a shit. Yeah. Suddenly you're eating a microwavable you know, pizza. pizza. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always this weird pizza, you know, flatbread. Ugh. And I've always said this um, with friends is that there's really no reason to go into a gas station. Right. If you're wanting to... The only reason you should go into a gas station is for coffee. That's it. Yeah. And now they have healthier things, but for the most part, you can't eat any of that shit. And that's None and they're of all that, full of it. It's full of it. And and those companies try and give you so many reasons to just try the now Doritos are 3D. What does that mean? Who cares? Don't right. you want to find out? Yeah, 3D then, in your mouth. Then you eat it and you're like, why did I do this? Everything. So I don't go into a gas station now. I don't really keep and I didn't do it this trip, but it's like I try and keep three or four tins of sardines, different types, 
in my uh, bag and talk about bourgeois, we get our sardines from Portugal. Yeah. We ship them over. But, you know, I thought about the other day. I'm like, if I'm like replacing a meal with this and I'm not paying for it and I'm like feeling great about myself, I'm not paying for that meal. Yeah. Um, that is absolutely worth the price of the tin. For sure. Know? And they're not like 25 bucks or something. Yeah. But we order a lot of those, and there's other stuff. I, you know, there's so many tinned. There's mackerel. I've eaten mussels. I, Good so, tinned octopus. Yeah, totally, totally. And you're right. They have different. You know, they'll have small sardines, and this is in uh, sort of hot sauce and peppers and all that stuff. And I just love the taste of them, and they could not be healthier. There is nothing healthier. It's a weird thing because in America, when we grew up, the stuff that was canned was garbage. It was, and listen, it was spam. I, I you love would think spam, it's like spam, but yeah. it's dog food. It's like one notch above dog food. It's yeah. delicious, but it's not healthy at all. And you go to South America or even Europe, the canned food can be really, really good. Some of the best fish I've ever had in my life was provincial. It's like provencal. Uh, sardines from the south of France. Yeah, Kate and I got it, and we couldn't believe it. Yeah, it was some of the best fish I've ever had. So that's why we get it from Europe, and that's kind of more what I because also sardines aren't an end of the night like I'm hungry type of thing. But lately, the only thing I've had a tough time is I'll wake up, and maybe I've you know had some drinks the night before. I'll wake up and it's almost like I'm a zombie. You may have had this situation where I'm like, I'm not eating at night, but I still am walking. I'm opening up something, chips. I was at a friend's house and I went downstairs and I was working and I just, I knew that I should not be eating rice cakes with peanut butter directly right. before I go to sleep. But the peanut butter, and this is so funny, they give their dogs peanut butter. They put it in like the bone. Yeah. I don't know if you do sure. that. And so they have a peanut butter jar, and on the top it says, for the dogs. That's the one you want for. And I wrote underneath of it in a, a Sharpie <laughs> marker and TJ. <laughs> and so that was what I ate. Yeah. Peanut butter is peanut butter, man. I yeah. love it. Um, Even dog-level peanut butter is fantastic. It. I, it's yeah. my favorite thing in the world. And uh, and so, you know, it's, it's like I had to really make some choices on the road to make it healthy. And people always say like, oh, it's so hard to eat healthy on the road. Well, it's like, I'll have a steak dinner with um, spinach and I couldn't be happier. Yeah, And that's healthy. You just have to eat it at four right. or 5 p.m. You can't eat it at nine yeah. if you're gonna go to sleep at one or something like that. And, you know, but it's always kind of a struggle and there's always something where they're like, you gotta have this. Cause I will eat pasta, but rarely. Do you eat pasta at all? Sure, yeah. So you'll have it occasionally? The the real problem I run into with pasta is the sauces. Like, you know, a little marinara sauce is fine. Yeah. But, like, mostly I'm trying to not, like, the sauces I'll use are are zero calorie. You're not going to find a zero calorie marinara sauce. And so then you're just getting a dash. So I just found that uh, of all of the starches that I like, the one that I don't miss a sauce on the most is rice. Like even a potato is tough for me to eat without something on it. Sour cream. Yeah, something. And pasta, dry pasta, you know, as a side dish to a protein, for me, it just sucks. But rice, I don't mind. I'm not a big rice fan. It's so interesting that you say that. I would never get rice. When I heard Chinese food, I just, sometimes I throw out the rice. I tell them not to give, but then they'll give it to you anyways. Yeah. 
I don't know why. I think they. I think a lot of Chinese food restaurants in like Asia are just like, God, we have so much rice. Just try and get rid of it. Right. We've got to get rid of this rice. Yeah. We need, we need room free. for the mochi. Give it yeah. away. But pasta I love, and the pasta that Kay and I do for home is just olive oil. Yeah. Garlic and olive oil. I like butter pasta. I'm a big believer that butter is not a bad thing. I don't think butter is a bad thing. I just think that the the adjustments i'm trying to eat so much protein throughout the day i'm trying to eat at least 250 grams of protein why because in order to maintain the amount of muscle mass i have i just need a lot of protein see that's the other thing is you work out every day and i just i don't want to go to a gym and i've tried to talk to people about this because i think it's a really viable alternative doing push-ups throughout the day when you think of it just doing squats you know and walking as much as you possibly can. Uh, that does it for me. Sure. And, you know, the only thing is I can't, like, eat pasta four days in a row or something like that. But I don't, I don't, like, crave, pa- we eat pasta when we go to a great restaurant. Yeah. You know, and you kind of said you don't go to restaurants very often. It's like um, Jason Bateman when I did that movie Office Christmas Party. Yeah. He is so funny. But he's he has dinner, I think, three times a year. Really? Like like he just doesn't eat dinner? He just would never eat dinner. Wow. There would be no reason for him to have a meal after like 5 p.m. Right. He would never go out to dinner, you know? And one time I got him a coffee drink that I was drinking, which like was a matcha thing. I think it was from Starbucks. And he got so mad at me. Really? And I was like, did you have that? And he's like, that's just a milkshake. And I was like, yeah, I guess it does have some sugar in it. But, you know, you have that and then you don't eat dinner because I wasn't eating dinner at the time either. Yeah. And he's like, it's it was a milkshake. You gave me a fucking milkshake, TJ. And I was like, oh, did you drink it? And he's like, of course I drank it. It's delicious. Yeah. I immediately wanted another one right afterwards. Yeah. And so I find that, you know, and he thought it was pretty hardcore. You know, there's I've just I've worked with movie stars and they have a, you know, food scale. Jason was talking about that. That's he knew someone who has a, a food scale. Right. And I was like, really? He's like, yeah. Didn't you see the food scale? And I was like, yeah, I guess. And he's like, that's hardcore. And I was like, really? You're hardcore. You run five miles every morning. You won't eat dinner. And he was like, no, that means everything that this person is eating they know every single calorie that goes into their body. Right. He was like, I don't do that. And I, I realized- I have some food like, scales. Do you? Yeah. See, I couldn't- I, I just... don't use them very often anymore, but I did, you know, I found that they were very helpful in figuring out how much I could eat. Yeah. And then I got to the point where I was like, I know what yeah, a piece of chicken right. is for myself. It's sort of it's it's a analytical period. Yeah, you know, you're doing analysis, you're figuring it out. The other thing though about you and I was I didn't know what I was expecting when I saw you. I thought you'd be wearing a bonnet or some kind of hat like that. Right, and you were not. Um, but what if I'd had a bread sombrero on? God, we would be. I'd move to Florida. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. We just couldn't be closer friends. We're bread friends. Yeah, we're friends. <laughs> We're friends. We're a couple of friends. Bread is a good accompaniment to stew, TJ. Yeah, it is. That's right. You dip it, you stew it. So I was really wondering. I was like, are you just going to be like crazy built? And I just didn't, because I've seen stuff from the gym and pictures of that, and you're showing your stomach and kind of enough leg to be like, there's something to the left of this. Yeah. I'm not going to show you, but it's definitely there. Yeah, it exists. It does exist. And so... 
I was just interested. And to me, you look very built, very healthy, but not like that's your focus in life. Right. And I know you go to the gym all the time, but I was happy because I'm sure you can power lift and do all of it. Um, But I think that if you are so concerned with your body that you're really going to lose a little bit of your mind. Well, yeah. And And that's metaphorical. It'll make you lose your mind. But it also is literal, you know? Yeah. What do you think about that? Here's where I go to. If under uh, overhead lighting, so the right lighting conditions, you can see my abs very visibly. That's fine with me. There's a level of leanness where you don't need that. And you could be in any kind of lighting condition and my abs are visible. That's like 10 to 12 pounds lighter than I am now. The problem is trying to exist like that for a long period of time is a real fucking nightmare. And it's a commitment that, again, is going to get in the way of you reading Marcus Aurelius. It's going to get it's in just the way of, yeah. you, of you enjoying a meal. Yeah. Of you going out to celebrate and having a bottle of champagne or well, two bottles of champagne. I, I won't do that. I won't do that yeah. at all. I don't drink, but but No, 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 but I'm I'm saying it's going to stop oh, you yes. from going out to a meal. So yeah. forget the champagne, but deciding, okay, I am going to go to Providence and you might not do something like this, but I am going to go to Providence in Los Angeles, the may, perhaps the best restaurant in the United States. Yes. And it's an 11 course meal and I'm going to have I'm gonna all eat of the, the courses and sure. I'm gonna have truffles on it. You just can't thing. even believe that they've made food this great. Yeah. Um, and so that's why I was happy actually to see you kind of in, definitely in shape, in great shape. No, but I know what you're saying. Yeah. And I don't, I remember actually from the podcast that you're big on your abs. You know, would you see the abs? I mean, I, I'm not going to make, the, I'm not going to make funny on your own podcast, but the fact that you're talking about lighting, the correct lighting is yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. No, but it, it, you know, it's a goal. There's a there's a point where they are totally invisible, and that's a point where I'm like, this is this is not maintenance anymore. I've gained weight, and I think that for me, I also loved that on the podcast you're responding to so many so many different people have such different goals, yeah. right? And I love that you would respond to it and say, you know, people go, well, what do you think I should be? You know, what metrics should I be using? And I love how, well, you know, it's different for different people. This sort of body fat index or whatever the BMI, it's like, you know, these are things that I I just would not be concerned with. The only thing I want to do is get to a certain weight where I sort of look healthy. I don't have kind of a protruding stomach. And then that would do it for me because the push-ups and the walking, all that stuff, that's enough for me. And then I got injured. This is the other thing I was going to ask you is do you play any sports? I do kickboxing. I see. Okay. But I don't play pickleball. I know people are into pickleball. or I, No, I, I play no sports. So I asked my father once. I said, why don't you go to the gym? And he was like, because he can't keep score. Right. And I was like, wow. And he's kind of like, there's no winners. And there's people at the gym would be like, well, I can lift more weight. But that was not what he's talking about. No, I get what he's saying. So he played squash and racquetball and handball. And I played handball growing up and some squash. And now I play squash. Yeah. And to me, playing squash two or three times a week, I'd play five days a week if I could. But I'm on the road. Playing squash two to three times a week 
and then the push-ups and the walk and the stuff that is that's plenty that's everything i need yeah. in my life and i'm just now able to get back to the squash but squash is so interesting i have a friend that i play with in denver and he said yeah it's just doing sprints and yeah i was like what and he's like you're just doing sprints like we used to do when we played lacrosse and i go wow i never thought of it that way and that's the thing about squash you can play three or four games and then you're tired, but you haven't even thought about working out. It's so it's physical chess is what they call it. Yeah. And uh, and that is like all I need. I felt so good when I was doing that. Then I had a knee injury that wasn't a big deal. But it's like I haven't played squash in like four months or something. And like it that. takes you out. No, I, I my the things that I'm always working against are ever getting an injury. So I'm never going to lift anything too heavy or do anything too extreme. Which is in great. The gym. Yeah. yeah. Because I want to be able to do, I want to be able to have a routine forever for the rest of my life. Yeah, that's why I'll never do more than 34 push ups. Yeah. Really, really. Yeah. And I think anything that gets us to move, you know, look, a construction guy or a grip on a movie set who's picking stuff up and moving it around, I doubt that that guy's body needs to go to a gym ever, right? And he can kind of eat whatever he wants. Yeah. I got a buddy like that who's an equestrian. But yeah, yeah. For guys like me, who my job really requires nothing of my body or not much physically as far as exertion goes, right? I stand on a line. I say some words. Sometimes I have to jog to my line. But really, it's minimally impactful. The gym is super valuable because I'm not really uh, forcing my body to do anything otherwise. Yeah. I, you know, I just don't like being in the gym and having two 25 pound barbells or dumbbells um, is like enough for me. And I don't even do that. No, that but often. you do squash. I'm saying if you can find something right. that you enjoy doing that is actually so forcing why, your body. Why don't you? Do something like pickleball, which is big in Florida. I I, I just don't like it. I have um, flat feet, fallen arches, uh, bad knees, and I've tried some stuff, and I just really don't enjoy it. Is that from the weight that you had on you? I mean, I don't know which came first. My I don't know if my weight forced my feet to be flat, but I remember having flat feet as a kid. Yeah, then it probably has nothing to do with it. And I don't think you can change the arch of your foot even by carrying weight, but you never know. I mean, mine are so bad I have looked into surgeries, but really? that seems like a total fucking and, nightmare. Yeah, yeah, and that is a nightmare. Because once you uh, – my wife needs a um, – she has something on her foot, and the podiatrist or whatever was like, we can operate on your foot, but once you do that, it's never the same. Yeah. Ever. Yeah, I know. I'm He's not like the do feet that. are the most complex thing on our body, and with good reason. You keep eating a little. What Nicotine. is that? Oh, that's right. You were doing that in uh, during Unstoppable. Yeah, that's your one vice. That's, that's the drug. Oh yeah, sucking them down. That's the drug. That's so funny. And what is it? It just uh, my buddy CJ also has a joke about. Um, you don't get high from cigarettes. And so the only reason you have a cigarette is because you haven't had a cigarette. <laughs> so is that what it is? Do you feel like, okay, I need another nicotine? Yeah. Deal? Well, I just need to always have one in my mouth at all times. Really? Yeah. Except for when I'm asleep. Wow. I was here alone. My whole family was out of town the other night, the other day, and I was laying in bed and I had one in my mouth and I don't know what happened and this has never happened before, but I like inhaled it. 
And I was choking and I jumped out of bed and I thought, oh my God, I'm going to die here in my house alone. This is the saddest thing that's ever happened. And I hit myself in my stomach and I was trying to cough and I coughed it up and it lodged in my sinus. And I went into a crazy sneezing fit and I was trying to hawk it up and I was sneezing uncontrollably. And it eventually came out my nose. What? It was one of the worst experiences, top five <laughs> worst experiences of my Christ. life. And my, I was like panicked and I called my wife to tell her about this horrible thing. And she said, good, I hope you think about quitting these things now. And I said, oh, no, no. I immediately put another one back into my mouth. Oh immediately. My yeah. Okay. So that brings up a story that I love telling because my brother-in-law is, he's, He's an asshole. Okay. He just is. He won't talk to Kate. I don't understand him because I really liked him when I met him. He was sort of anal. He's but Kate's brother. Kate's brother. He was really anal when I met him. And this will, it's a, it's a great little segue. Okay. Um, but I liked him. Now it's like. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. We just, we can't stand him, even though we both would like to have a relationship with him. But his story is, he called Kate and he goes, I have a, um, um, well, you know, I have an oral fixation. You know, I have an oral fixation, right? And Kate goes, no, because why would her brother tell her? And so here's the story. He was watching television, right? Similarly to you, you know, on the couch. Yeah. And he had his wedding ring in his mouth. And he was like, you know, playing within his tongue. And then he started to fall asleep and he woke up and it was halfway down his throat. And he tried to cough it up, but he couldn't. And he swallowed his wedding ring. <laughs> All right. You ready for this? And it's like it was titanium or something stupid. You sure. Know? And he's the type of guy that would get a carbon fiber wedding ring. Right. We all know those guys. Oh, yeah. You don't want to spend much time talking to one of those guys at a party. And he swallowed the ring and Kate was like, oh, my God. And so then she was like, what did you do? He's like, I took off three days of work. And she's like, are you serious? And he goes, yeah. And what he did was he dangled his butt over the the bathtub. And then each time he went to the bathroom, he he mucked around in his own mess oh to find it. Oh, my God. And then I think day three or something. It finally came out. It finally came out. And so he washed it off and put it on. So that wedding ring has been all the way through his body wow. and came out the, I mean, so he always, as I said, he was a little anal. Yeah. Very anal. I mean, he wears that anal on his finger. He wears that on his finger and his wife is like, I don't want to touch that right. anymore. I'm yeah. not going to. She should get him a new one. Can you believe it? That's crazy. I think he doesn't want a new one because it's such a funny story. You want to know what's really crazy? Do you know what Brandy inscribed on my wedding ring? I do. Yeah. And I haven't really told many people. But um, Kate and I love that story. It's so it's cool. one of the reasons that Kate absolutely adores Brandy. Yeah, Brandy's the best. Brandy, it's Brandy, so funny. She's, she's Have you to told the listeners what's inscribed? I don't know. Brandy inscribed each shit on my wedding ring. On the inside? Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the inside. But it's just to me, each and, shit. And it's so funny. And the story goes, 
that you were in bed and she leaned over to say something that you thought was going to be romantic. Yeah. Is that it? I said, sh- I leaned over. She thought I was going to say something romantic. And I said to her, Brandy, and she said, yeah. And I said, eat shit. <laughs> and went to bed. Were you mad at her? No. Yeah, it was. It. She said it was the most loving thing. I couldn't have been more loving. And then that's what I got on my wedding ring. That is so funny. Did you inscribe anything on her wedding ring? Something so stupid, like I love you so much. I, I, I don't. It's, it's so. It was so banal that I cannot remember. I did inscribe something. But on she is so funny. Of course, she did that. What, what is funnier than that thing? Yeah. You know? Oh, so, or a ring, or a ring. I'm surprised you don't have one. I need one. It's, um, what it does, which is pretty, pretty fascinating, is comes with an app, obviously. But I talked about, you know, the fact that I um, need to get a certain amount of sleep. Yeah. So this tells you every morning, it tells you, you know, it gives your active active uh, calorie burn. And so, you know, now I'm at 221 out of 550. And that the 550 is because I got good sleep last night. When I only get six and a half hours, it's like 250. Okay. And then uh, you can reach your goal by walking 3.2 miles. It uh, tracks your heart rate. So this would be really good during your workouts. You can record your workout. You know, it tells you your sleep score, your activity score. But this is the most amazing thing. So it's, you know, it, it keeps track of all of these. But I slept seven hours, 28 minutes. I was in bed eight hours and 24 minutes. Resting heart rate was 55 BPM. Sleep efficiency, 89. And it tells you your total sleep, your restfulness, the REM sleep, the deep sleep, the latency. So how quickly did you go to sleep? Um, when you should go. And then it tells you how much movement you had and when you were awake throughout the night, which is really interesting. And that can coincide with if you... And the worst thing that you can do, and they tell you this gives you oxygen and it shows your readiness. So how ready you are for the day and what your recovery index was, body temperature, heart rate variability. And of course, it tracks your activity just like anything else. But it's so amazing because it's always with you. Yeah. So instead of an Apple Watch or a Fitbit, you take you shower in it. You just have it all the time. You charge it like once every six days or something. And it really gets to know you. It's really been helpful with sleep and the scheduling of sleep. And you start to understand, okay, I didn't get enough deep sleep. What do I need to do differently for the deep sleep? Someone like you... Or no, because you do films. But someone who has a, a regular life, um, the, it, it really, it can help you totally change the paradigm of how you behave yeah. and what you're doing. It's tough for me because I'm traveling. I didn't get to sleep this much that I this that, but it does help me sort of check in with myself. Yeah, and I found it to be the best version of this of anything I've ever seen. I'm gonna get one great. of those. Yeah, I rely on my phone so much for how many steps I've taken because that is a metric I follow, and I think they're very off. And I don't like having my phone all the time. Yeah. Right. And and, this, and that will record it even if it's not near your phone. It's it just updates it when you when you sync it. Right. Right. Just with your Bluetooth anytime you open the app. But the thing that it's done that I love is it will record, let's say your phone's plugged in, right? If you're doing housework and you're going up the stairs, down the stairs, all this stuff. Yeah, your phone doesn't know. It it will it records all that. So sometimes you go, Oh, I only did like seven thousand steps and really you did eight thousand and 50. Right. But it just doesn't know that because you put your phone down at certain points in the day. The one thing I like about the phone is it does recognize stairs. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so I try and keep it on me. This connects to Apple Health also. I try and keep it on me when I'm doing stairs. But that's another thing that I do is when I'm cutting weight, or I think it's important, or I just came from a big meal, we live on the fifth floor and we have an elevator, but I'll do the steps. Yeah. And during the pandemic, we couldn't go outside. I just did the steps. I go up and down, up and down, do like 60 flights of stairs, 43 flights of stairs. And that I love because you can you can double step it and that's a different sort of workout for you. Um, you can do it sort of almost like grapevining it. There's a lot of different stuff you can do on stairs and I just don't want to go to a Stairmaster. Yeah. My, I don't want to go to a gym and do the Stairmaster. I, I mean, my kids who live in New York live in a, on the sixth floor of an apartment that doesn't have uh, an elevator. Yeah, sixth floor walk up. It's, that'll do it. It's tough. I don't know how they fucking do that because I'll go over there. I'll like go over there and want to just not leave their house because of the stairs. <laughs> but <laughs> I love that. You guys going out or I'll see you when you come back. Yeah, I'll be here. Yeah, I'll be right here. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, you got it. Certain things like that. If I'm at a, um, a hotel actually pisses me off. A lot of these hotels won't let you climb up the stairs. It's only a fire escape to go down, which doesn't help that much. But if I can walk up the stairs at a hotel, you know, I'll do that. We, we stayed at, there was this model in France in Paris who let us stay at her place. Like it was an Airbnb. And Kate, I couldn't believe it. The first time we got there trying to get our, it was a nine floor walk up. It was eight flights of stairs. It's insane. It was insane. And we didn't want to go out. Yeah. But we just had to do it. And the woman goes, yeah, I don't go to the gym. I've never really gone to the gym. She was just rail thin. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, you don't need to. If every time you go home and if you get nine groceries, floors. nine floors of stairs. But I do. I like stairs. I like walking. So that's what I've sort of decided. And I kind of encourage other people to think about this, that the gym is a place where you can go and you can burn those calories and do the all the stuff that you're talking about, all the things that you do. Yeah. Right. But you also can just add, you don't have to change your whole life, but you just add things. And what, what you need to do is when you think, you know what, I don't feel like doing that. I want to take the elevator. What I do is I just stop. I don't make the decision. I just stop and I go, okay, if I want to take the elevator, then I'll take it. But what's the upside of taking the stairs? And more often than not, I'll take the stairs, but sometimes I'm like, eh, I don't care, I'll take the elevator. Um, but I but, bet you take the stairs a lot more than you would if you just didn't think about it. 100%. And I also, I love bicycling, and that's one of the great, in some ways I always think New York makes you a healthier person because there's more options for food. But we always take bikes. Yeah. Even in the winter, we have this bike share where you can take bikes anywhere and dock them almost anywhere. And so I, I really try and do that. Um, and instead of taking an electric one, if I'm not going that far, I make sure to take a manual bike. Yeah. And then I take the stairs, like I said. I'm trying to walk. I do, you know, in New York, I can do 15,000, 20,000 if I'm doing multiple sets in a night. So let's say it's a Wednesday and I want to do five different shows. Then... I'll walk as much as I can, and then I'll hit 25,000, 26,000 steps. And when you do that, it does not matter what you ate, and you actually can kind of eat what you want the following day, because yeah. that's how many calories you've burned. But that was, that, that's been really important to me. How do I do this without being a, um, how do I do this without being a gym rat, as right. you called your buddy Cassavetes? How do you fit it into your life? Yeah. And, yeah. and, 
and it's fun and it makes you feel better. And I think the squash of it really, really helps. But my father played squash or handball or racquetball five days a week ever since he was like in his mid twenties or something. Yeah. And he just couldn't be a healthier guy. He drank all the time. He doesn't drink as much anymore, but he would have two martinis with dinner and drinking beer whenever, but he could just do that because he was expending those calories. To absolutely anybody who's like, I want to lose weight and I want to get more active. What should I do? My biggest recommendation would be just start walking. Yeah. And you, I've I've heard a couple of your guests kind of say that. And I even recommend people when you walk, take some time. Don't be on your phone all the time. We walk, take some time to kind of ruminate about, what you're doing that maybe is frustrating you that's getting in the way of your goals and what is okay and what you're going to stop beating yourself up over. Yeah. Cause I've heard that a lot on your podcast and I do think that's really, really essential. And I do this with, I don't really hold grudges. So I'll do this a lot. If somebody makes me angry in at a comedy club or in life or whatever, I won't say like, I can't believe you did that. I'll just say that's done. Yeah. But don't, do that again and here's the consequences of if you do and you can do that with food you can and i still i'll go pizza doesn't sound as appealing to me lately which is very strange but i'll go and get a slice of pizza or two slices of pizza and have a beer and i'll be like well that wasn't the best idea but at least i did it early right and i'll always do that if i want to have something that's just not conducive to cutting weight i do it at 11 a.m yeah you know, I do it early in the day and then the rest of the day is not eating or if I do eating a very like, you know, very healthy thing. Right. And just spinach. I can do spinach all the time. TJ, let's eat something. Let's eat something. Thank you so much. I love you. I appreciate you. I love you too. Is that true that that guy did 2,222 pushups? He says that. I, I, I never saw him do that. You're talking about Chef Andre Rush. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've not, I've not seen him, but I've been in the gym with him before. Motherfucker does a lot of push-ups. Yeah. A lot. Like, a lot of push-ups. But did you see how big his arms are? No, I haven't seen a picture of him. His, his arms are that big. He, he's a, really? He's a gigantic human being. So I wouldn't want to do that. Wait, so let's, let's end with this. Okay. Oh, more Teenage- treats. Teenage Millionaire on Instagram, not TJ Miller on Twitter, where everyone's angry at everybody else. And uh, you can buy my various foodstuffs. Are there Lis- more foodstuffs? Yeah. Listen oh, to my podcast, boy. Cashing In With TJ Miller. But most importantly, I am dropping a stand-up special um, yes. on September 29th. It's called The Pandemic Special. It's all of the stuff that I was doing during the pandemic. Because so I had to change my act completely. Because my the next... Uh, special you'll you'll you guys will see what i was doing before that and that one's called the philosophy circus but on youtube september 29th 2022 because i know people are going to be returning to this again and again loving the friendship stewart chemistry that you and i have that's right um but yeah so check that out on youtube uh the pandemic special and it's nice it's really beautiful it's like there's this thing that happens throughout that's like really sweet and kind and lovely and i just i i can't wait for people to see it i can't wait to see it but i said i love peanut butter yeah i have my own line of peanut butter that's fucking crazy it's called tpb and j peanut butter and it is peanut butter it's gourmet peanut butter 
And I didn't know if you could eat this. Chocolate, I was like, coconut. No, but I have kids that will eat this. Well, and that's why I brought them. I almost just brought you the hot. But I have three different flavors. Chocolate, uh, that's wow. uh, chocolate, coconut, dark chocolate, and coconut. With the peanut butter. This looks then incredible. I have, uh, cherry chocolate, which is um, uh, real dried cherries, honey roasted peanuts, and milk chocolate. And then my favorite is toffee crispy. With toffee, milk chocolate, and rice krispies. Oh That's my, my take God. on crunchy. It is so delicious. You don't even need to put it on anything. But this is off limits for you, right? I won't eat that. No. Yeah. I will. I and by the way, I will eat all the hot sauce, and the it's children the will eat great. all the peanut butter. Peanut butter is so good. So you got to tell me what your kids think about the peanut butter. Yeah. And um, I'm so happy. Thank you for having me on. This I is love so great. Thank you for coming on. It was really, really fun. Hopefully, I'll be able to come back someday and just tell you about my weight loss journey to where, where my weight cutting journey when, when I'm 190 pounds. Or we tell more stories about chicken wings. I mean, they both work. And remember, listeners, it's the bread, man. It's the bread, It's the man. bread. Thank you. And now for the Q&A. Today's question comes from Adam. Hi, Adam. He says, you are an inspiration, sir. I've recently started my weight loss journey after having a lower lumbar fusion. I have a degenerative disc disease. Since the beginning of March, I've gone from 337 to 298. That's awesome. That's really cool. He says, I'm six feet five, six foot five. My question is, What are some good weight exercises that are easy on the back? I know I need to build up my core and back muscles to help support. Any advice is appreciated. Okay. So he said he had um, lower. Lower lumbar lumbar. fusion. Mm -hmm. So I think uh, like I would stay away from most Olympic lifts. Like I would not do deadlifts. I would not do a clean and jerk. I wouldn't do a snatch. I wouldn't do cleans. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even really do, um, proper squats. You know, having really no idea what a lower lumbar fusion is, Mm -hmm. I, I just, I don't know. But if you're, if, if, if what I'm imagining it is, is like, um, a, a weakness in your lower back. Those are the things I would stay away from. And and what I would work on for legs are maybe and and you know when you're doing this stuff, I like to go as deep as possible, but it is possible for your hip to rotate up, which would affect your lower spine in any of this stuff. And so I think actively keeping your hip and your tailbone pressed into the machine is super important anyway, but probably mm-hmm. even more so if you have a, a, a lower back issue, but like a leg press you could do, you could do certainly, um, leg extensions. Uh, I don't know if a hack squat would be good, but I, I think you could do leg press. And, and, and again, if you have some kind of an injury, I would go super light and just do more reps until you kind of feel very comfortable doing what you're doing and knowing that you're not going to hurt yourself. I don't see why if you're going light, um, something like a lateral pull down, uh, would affect your lower back. 
I, I can recall going super heavy and um, using bad form and kind of feeling it in my lower back, but with really good form and being very strict and not going too heavy, it shouldn't affect your lower back at all. Uh, and then anything with your chest should be, if you're isolating your chest, your lower back should be safe. So like bench press, dumbbell press, um, uh, flies, and then even like a pec deck shouldn't mess with your lower, lower back at all. Those are kind of the things I wouldn't do kettlebell swings. Um, I, I would stay away from anything that utilized the hip because that's kind of attached to your lower back directly. I mean, it's not kind of, it is attached to your lower back. So those would be my suggestions. Amazing. And obviously it goes without saying, definitely check with your doctor, you know, to, to, you know, make sure that you're not going to do anything that they feel could be compromising. And I also just want to say like, you know, if you don't know what the proper form is on something, you can always go to YouTube or something like that and check it out. Cause I just know that how sensitive the lower back is it's, and if you've had surgery and all that good stuff. So, you know, I think that that goes without saying. Yes. Thank you for that liability disclaimer page. Again, <laughs> I'm not, a, a, I'm not, I don't really, I mean, I, I know what I'm doing in as far as like, I've figured out uh, some stuff that helps me, but I don't have that injury. I have some knee injuries. I have some hip issues with like arthritis but I don't have um, a lower back injury. And again, I don't know exactly what happens when they fuse. Um, like I have a friend, Eddie Bravo, who has some uh, uh, vertebrae fused in his neck, but I've never sat and talked with him about what that means. I just know that he had to like do some rehab on it and, and, and not fuck it up again. Yeah, totally. Well, thank you for that question. If anyone else has a question they would like Ethan to answer on this podcast, you can email it to us at AmericanGlutton.net. By the way, can we say something? One more thing. Sure. Yeah. Um, six foot five and 290. Uh, like, I hope you're not thinking you need to get to like you know, 150 pounds because six foot five is pretty damn tall. Right. Yeah, that's a great. Yeah. Good point. I don't know. I just thought I'd throw that in. OK, I'm done. OK, thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode of American Glutton. I'm Ethan Suplee. You can follow us on Instagram at American Glutton Podcast. Sincerely. <laughs>